podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the bloodandbuds.com podcast. Do not adjust your podcast listening devices. Do not be alarmed. Uh, Lee's trip to Barry Island this weekend has not suddenly led him to become dramatically less northern. Um, no, unfortunately, Lee won't be joining us this weekend, so I, the other one, uh, have been left in charge of the ship. Actually, maybe maybe we think that thing I said about not being alarmed. Be, be extremely alarmed, if anything. Um, as you're probably aware, I'm Josh, but don't fear this thing is not going to be a fucking 90 minute monologue from me about all the things that I find culturally insensitive in the sport of rugby union because uh, I'm not on my own this week I'm joined once again by the man the myth the Archimedes of analysis the Pythagoras of puns the Plato of watching the the plays go I, I, yeah I, I, I didn't really commit to that last one enough to no, die, you know anyway know. Uh, you may know him as Squidge Rugby you may know him as Robbie Owen it's Robbie Squidge Rugby Owen how's it going mate? Hi no Thank you for having me again. No, I'm 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 delighted to be here to make it into a 90 minute duologue on everything wrong with rugby. <laughs> That's the thing; it's not going to be a monologue if we're having a conversation about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's... it wouldn't only be two hours. You know, it wouldn't oh, no, if, no, if, no. You, if you were left alone to do it. You know, you've got you've got at least six or seven in you. You've yeah, got like I mean, a full Ken Burns series on you. Yeah, I mean, I reckon that if anything, you know, I could probably spend the time it would take to drive to Exeter mm. from here in Bristol just talking about Exeter <laughs> that's a live show that's a live show idea <laughs> we should we, we should do that we should just pile everyone onto a bus have you stand at the front like those bits they do the comedy bits in Lions Tour DVDs where like Mac over yes, the pole has yes. to tell a joke at the start at yeah the except the maybe bus. I'll yeah. get a laugh Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, we'll get a 52-seater coach and I'll be like one of those, when you go on a sort of foreign holiday on one of those bus holidays, I'll yeah. be the sort of awkward bloke with the, the microphone that you can't really understand at the front, basically. In the, but instead of saying, uh, and on your left, here's the Champs-Élysées, uh, I'll be saying, and here's what's wrong with the uh, Chiefs trading post idea <laughs> for their club shop. Um, yeah, the, none of the toilets will work. You'll have the whole thing where like no one wants to sit together. You'll have the weather will be like this, so it'd be sweltering, be absolutely boiling, no air. Con yeah, at all. Yeah, uh, they've got a, they've got a telly, but it's got a VHS player, <laughs> and the only and the video that's jammed in there and will not move is is a Roy Shelby Brown one. Yeah, just on uh, a loop. Yeah, just like and it rewinds itself at the end. Like you haven't put any effort in. It's just always playing. It's like there's <laughs> there's this phantom haunting the bus, just playing Roy Chubby Brown constantly. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think we'd. I mean, we definitely yeah. sell fifty two tickets. So Absolutely, I, surely. Right. I've just had this kind of latent memory come back to me. Right. Of when I was a kid, once we went on a school trip, and we used the Leicester Tigers team coach. Right. And so they had all of the kind of Leicester Tigers logos emblazoned on the side. Oh my God. And yeah, like all of the seats had a little like Leicester Tigers on it. And it was it was yeah. posh. And they were like in the Tigers green as well. Um, so yeah, sometime when I was a kid, I probably sat in like Jordan Crane or Toby Flood's seat. Yeah. 
You were yeah. in you were in George Shooter's ass crevice, and you didn't yeah. even realize oh. it. Oh, I did realize it was massive. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't escape it. Yeah, I'm still trying to clamber out. This podcast comes to you live from George Shooter's ass crevice. <laughs> there's, there a, there's a there's a title. The there's a podcast title. title. Live from George Shooter's ass crevice. There we go. Uh, <laughs> George, live from George Shooter's ass crevice. The, the... the sessions that were never going to be recorded. <laughs> That's the name of my first comedy album. <laughs> I think it's like an unplugged gig. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it would have to be. You wouldn't want to yeah. be running any kind of big electrical equipment down there. I mean, it's. it's... Oh, can you imagine? I mean, there's a separate joke to be made there. The electrical equipment in George Shooter's ass crevice. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, yeah. So, so thanks for stepping into the breach. Uh, oh, by the way, Robbie, as you, me. I mean, as as listeners can tell, this is going to be a very sensible podcast, yeah. a very earnest podcast. But <laughs> we're definitely not going to. It's going to be off just on odd tangents for an hour of it. It's going to be two hours of us agreeing with each other. I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be like aggressive agreement. That was one of the things that people had a real like back in the early days of the podcast. People mm. got like quite a few people who wrote reviews about us on iTunes used to complain about the fact that me and Lee agreed too much. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry, See, but we both talk fucking sense most of the time. So I'm going to agree yeah, with him. Exactly, <laughs> and like it's it's quite nice to agree with a rugby podcast because often I don't have that experience when I listen to them. <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, the last time that Lee let me do one of these on my own, um, I actually did it with JB from Egg Chasers, uh, and it was two and a half hours long. So uh, after Lee had edited it, I think so. That's the benchmark for you, just, just so you know. Like, two and how hours. much chat of George Crevice's ass was there, though? Very little. Although I will say, yeah. uh, and in 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 sort of in a, as proof that rugby brings people together, uh, me and JB basically agreed with each other for two and a half hours about everything. Because as you, <laughs> rugby is the thing that me and JB agree on. This is pretty much everything else <laughs> yeah. we've done. But it's the, the thing one that me, point. The thing that me and him, Brian Large, we're broadly on the same page, which is very weird, but does show the wonderful uniting power of rugby union, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like. See, if, if Lee was here now, I'd cut in the world in union. But, I mean, we're not. So uh, just, ima- just imagine that it, the world in union is playing. Yeah. <laughs> because I, it's constantly playing in the background of my head because it was the background music, yeah, in the 2011 Rugby World Cup game on yeah, every menu, every time you pause. Was, yeah, it? and me and my brother still play that every time I go back to my mum's. So it's just constantly on. And there'll be times in which we just... It was great. It was great. It was... But they fixed half the glitches in Rugby away. They removed most of the teams yeah. and kind of went, deal with it, you're going to have to play for Romania. And I'm all for that. <laughs> I tell you what isn't a good rugby game. Yeah, rugby Channel Four is not a good rugby game. It's not, is it? I tell like, you what. I, I tell you what. Unpleasant realization that I had uh, mm-hmm. this week was that if you click the little button that says um, "Update for the latest live data," oh yeah. Uh, it just wipes all of the painstaking renaming of all the teams no. and players. To so you know, I spent I spent quite a, time, a lot of time making Alan Wynn and Justin Tipperich look like yeah. themselves as well. That's gone. It's all gone. <sighs> there is Honestly, the fan hub though, so you can download other people's teams and so on. It is, but everyone's off been team is shit and not a good. Yeah, I know. Them, if I'm honest, yeah, I I've had that before. I could not be asked to do it for a fourth time, so just downloaded mostly. <laughs> Apart from Alan Wynn, who I made, obviously, because I well, couldn't wait. Got to make Alan Wynn. Yeah, I've, I've got to. No, I've no got rugby to. game can accurately capture his magnificence. 
I also um, <laughs> the other thing just because they've got female players in it for the first time I made Emily Scarra and Pauline Bourdon which was just like Very I'm nice. just excited to do that I'm just like yeah <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make them because they're in it now and that is an option yeah, yeah exactly like, all the better for the, it yeah the good things about it the, uh, the, good, the other things are everything yeah. else is not so good well, it's I said this last week but it's incredible that they've taken the same game from what was it four or five years ago and just made, made it, worse. it worse made it much worse it just it just lags. It doesn't work. There's more glitch. It's like they looked at the fact they went. So what do people talk about the rugby challenge games? It's the glitches. Let's yeah. add more of them in. Let's <laughs> just really double down people, on the glitches. People love those fun, fun glitches. Let's just throw oh, a few more of those in there. They're always um, talking about them. Yeah. Well, it gives them something to do, doesn't it? For the next yeah, four and a exactly. half years, they can fix them. They won't. And that was um, the thing about the 2011 game was that me and my brother worked... There's certain glitches that happen and we worked out compromises on all of them to make it fair. <laughs> so we just have this shorthand now to make the game playable in a way it's yeah. actually quite broken. Uh, who's got the time to think up a whole new shorthand for a whole new set of even worse ah, glitches? Exactly. That's what I exactly. Want, Refer back to the nine-year-old game. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this is going to be a short one, isn't it? Um, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, uh, you can follow Lee on Twitter at Blood and Mud, uh, where his DMs are open, or you can contact him at uh, Lee at bloodandmud.com, although I'll level with you. If you do that after this one, it does have a definite I'd like to speak to the manager vibe. Uh, <laughs> yes, the amount of complaints he's going to get. <laughs> Honestly, if however you'd like to tell me directly how fucking shambolic this is and how I should never be allowed to do a podcast without an adult at the wheel again uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Josh Gardner my DMs aren't open for a very good reason uh, how do people get in touch with you Robbie? Uh, it's at Squid Rugby for rugby stuff the DMs are open on that account which is dangerous which is just outright dangerous I um, bet you've had a really fun couple of weeks oh God. constant so much so much fun so many fun things you know every now and again you get quite a nice message but on the whole you get a lot of just things I don't want to read it's mining for gold in a lot of shit yeah but the other thing is actually a lot of people you know people that defend Falao and so on want to do it publicly so they don't DM Mm, me they don't have anything to say on it they just want to look like look at me I'm I'm a big man and I like his rough Falao because he's (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't like gay people and that's gay I mean, you've got to you've got to give it to them. They've won yeah. reason that argument. Oh yeah, like it is it is discernibly gay to be gay. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I mean, was the... goes as far as to say as a fact, which we don't get a lot of on this podcast. Occasionally, you know, I, that's what I like to bring. That's what I like to try and add. So yeah, um, lovely stuff. If if you decide uh, you like what we usually do, as opposed to what ever the hell this is by the way um, then uh, and you'd like to support us and ensure that we keep doing it uh, you can subscribe of course to our Patreon is it Patreon or Patron we've been doing this for like two years I still don't know I say Patreon because there's I, an E in there I just let Lee say it every week <laughs> and so I've suddenly come across this and gone how do I say this I don't yeah. know anyway yeah for a few quid a month uh, you can get access to ad free podcasts not to mention our entire archive of rugby history podcasts with Professor Colin Stoney which is really good uh, our rugby life interview series and various other weird and wonderful bonus podcasts we've done over the years including two episodes of Team of the 90s one of which I'm not even there for Um, it was an absolute privilege and an honour to finally (laughs) fill in to say I was a it was a contemporary thing I was five years old when the first one went out (laughs) 
<laughs> and I could then that. fill in. It really does. Um, but genuinely, though, there's some of our best stuff is probably behind the Patreon curtains. So uh, if you fancy checking that out, head to patreon.com forward slash blood and mud. Uh, if you want to go above and beyond, of course, you can step beyond the velvet rope and enter the Alley Brew Lounge, where for a fiver a month you get a choice of both of the acceptable cocktails on offer, Snakebite <laughs> or Snakebite in Black. Uh, and you also get, um, I'm not sure privilege is the word, but you get some, the something of having your name read out on the pod where we will, purely <laughs> on the basis of your name, tell you what kind of rugby player you are. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Lee hasn't passed the info uh, for any of the new Alley Brew Lounge patrons on to us this week, so you'll have to wait till next week, unfortunately. You'll have to imagine in the meantime that me and Robbie said hilarious things about oh. someone playing blindside oh, for Clontarf in the 1970s or being an interwar French international who joined the Vichy leadership in 1944 you know yeah you know, I'm, I'm sure you were best friends with Richard Fussell in school and quite frustrated that his career took off and not you because you felt you were the best of the two players uh, see this is what you bring to this podcast Robbie there's not nearly enough mentions of Richard Fussell no. in this podcast normally I are Honestly, just one of the most I, underrated players of his generation. Absolutely, absolutely. Can we do an hour on Richard Fussell? Never mind absolutely. on Exeter and everything. Absolutely. I just, how he never won a, I mean, I get how he never won a cap because he wasn't a very Gatlin player. No. But he was great for the Dragons as a kind of all-out finisher. Then when he moved to the Ospreys, really consistent and then moved to fullback and was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It's basically the lot in life of all Ospreys fullbacks that aren't called Lee Byrne that you get criminally <laughs> overlooked. Particularly yeah. if you started off at the Dragons and then ended up yes. at the Ospreys. You ain't ever getting a fucking cap. Yeah. But like Fussell didn't even get one or two against Canada on a you know a, a Lions tour year. Fussell was just left <laughs> on his own. And there's so yeah. many times of him just like creating tries for, for yeah. Leinster. And he was one of the best players. You know, Shane Williams played so well of him. Like he oh, was really one did. of the best Absolutely. players who combined with Shane. And yet, ignored. Yeah, I think completely it was ignored. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it was... I love the point in which they had Hanno Dirksen and Richard Fussell on the wings. It was like the two Albinos in South Wales. <laughs> so much bleach blondes, so much... Oh, I know. Blonde. It was basically <laughs> like being in heaven, as in the club <laughs> in London, in about 1966. It's great. <laughs> it's super rugby out of row before it's time. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there was no pandemic excuse for that much peroxide being no. in the Osprey's back line in like 2009, but here yeah. we are. Was it just Jerry Collins appearing? And they all went, he's the I mean, one person who can pull it off, but I reckon I could be the second. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I could understand why when Jerry Collins walks into your changing room, you go, I'll probably just do whatever that guy does, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's got it all sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> and what he does is go and buy TVs for pubs on the weekend or go and play for Barnstable Seconds. I love all of the sort of stories about Jerry Collins about what he yeah. got up to when he wasn't literally playing or training with the Ospreys which is basically <laughs> just, just being a bar fly yeah <laughs> imagine you walk into a pub and the sort of you've got all of the normal regulars that you see at a normal pub <laughs> of a, on a Wednesday afternoon yeah oh and then there's fucking Jerry Collins <laughs> and because there's nothing there wasn't that kind of sadness about Jerry Collins that there is about any of the other regulars on a Wednesday no. afternoon because one of them he fucking was fucking all black exactly yeah I so when I was a we this is a tangent on a tangent on a tangent but uh, when I was about 15 I went to <laughs> yeah <laughs> I went to a pre-season game between the Ospreys and Leeds and at half time you know the Ospreys full squad because a pre-season game like I think Tom Pridey was playing. He was the only oh. player you'd heard of, you know. Um, 
Richard Hibbard was captain, actually. He was the other, that was the other one. Um, and all the rest of the non-playing squad were just sat a few rows behind us. So at half time, um, you know, my mum kind of said, oh, you're going to have to go up and say something to them, kind of ask for an autograph or something. And my dad was too nervous at the prospect of talking to Shane Williams. So sent right, me so- and... I know. So sent me and my brother up, you know, and I had to do all the introductions. Um, and still, every single time... Hugh Bennett comes on, you know, when he runs on with the water or whatever for Wales. My mum will say, excuse me, Hugh, because that was what I said to him. Um, <laughs> but the whole time, Jerry Collin, you know, there's a few other people going by with autographs and signing stuff. Um, the whole time, Jerry Collins was wearing this really silly hat and trying to do tricks with it and like spinning right. it on his finger and like adjusting the angle stuff. and just making everyone around him try and laugh. Ian Goff was sat at the back reading the paper, not engaging with anyone else. Glorious. And by the time I got to him, like he was doing a crossword. And so I didn't need to give him a pen. He just, he used his own. It was great. I, I didn't, I'll level you. I did not have Ian Goff down as crossword guy. No, fair no, 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 no. It's funny what yeah. you're It's funny what you're yeah. Exactly. But I can so the moment I saw it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I can see that. I can see Ian Goff as the guy <laughs> who does yeah, crossword. Yeah. yeah. Like, it won't be the cryptic crossword. He's not doing, like, the New Yorkers. Oh, no, 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 no. But, yeah, you know, he can, he'd have a good time. He does the puzzles. Of course. <laughs> yeah, he does, like, those maze puzzles, and he doesn't work backwards. He goes in the start. <laughs> anyway, we start the podcast, as we always do, with a player spotted. And I would just like to say... That for all the expectation that this would become an unruly mess from, let's face it, everyone, including me and you, um, we're at 16 minutes and 40-ish seconds. And last week, we didn't start the podcast until like 34 minutes. So That's maybe maybe I'm not the problem here. Right? <laughs> you ever consider that? Maybe it's, it's not me. I'm not. I'm not convinced anyone here. I'm like, totally the problem. I just had an extra player spotted. I just threw an Ian Goff read in the paper. Yeah, you did. Like, there's a bonus. We've got two. Yeah, since yeah. <laughs> so we've had value for money, now we've got another. What more do you want? <laughs> so yeah. Um, so we've got who's uh, I've totally. I've, I've got so excited that we didn't waste half an hour at the start of the podcast. I've totally lost where I am in my notes. Um, yeah, so um, this week's player spot it comes from uh, in via the old DMs from Ben Cook who writes. My girlfriend and I were shopping for overpriced restored antique furniture and a company in trinkets at the Pack House in Farnham in Surrey. Don't know where okay. it is. Don't know where it is, but it sounds... Posh. I know where Surrey is. Yeah. I know where Surrey is, and that's all I need to know. It's an unbelievably good and moribund start, you have to say. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. Bo- I'm bored already. Um, <laughs> so this situation, he continues, means that a Quinns player can only ever be so far away seeking non-pitch-based thrills in these unprecedented times. Is that a thing? Are Quinn's players into like antique furniture? I can I mean, sort of see it though. I can, like I can it buy lines it. up as sort of as like there is something hipsterish about Harlequins. But it also makes me question how the hell Scott Baldwin is fitting in down there. Well, that's a good point. That's a I good mean, point. He doesn't well, strike me as an antique furniture guy. Maybe that's what the line thing was all about. He was just trying to impress people. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Who can say? Um, maybe he's so, just yeah. reaching into the furniture shops when he shouldn't be they say don't touch the display he's always there I don't know anyway um, so 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 Ben continues my friend was coincidentally sat in the adjoining cafe where we decided to join him for a coffee when who walks in but Quinn's hooker and according to Wikipedia Guildford Rugby Club's head coach Dave Ward oh hello the front of house hang on 
cafes where you have a front of house. This is something you do not get in Aberdeen, I'm sorry. <laughs> do they just mean the bar type area? I don't know. I mean, it's Surrey, so, you know, me or, and my slightly blinkered view of the home counties just thinks that all cafes have a maitre d'. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. It may, uh, I, I, I'm willing to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the front of the house sat direct, directly opposite me, which took my attention away from my own company to enjoy a date with him vicariously through his female companion. They both opted for a Peroni each, despite it barely being past midday, and I was unable mm-hmm. to stay long enough to take note of the food, if any. Who knows, perhaps he had also just been in the pack house browsing the same deliberately scuffed scaffold boards fashioned into luxury shabby chic shelving units as I, just a few steps behind. We'll never know. Well, Dave Ward, day drinking next to a posh furniture shop in Surrey. I mean, it is mundane, but the mm. fact that he's smashing beers at midday is verging on interesting, I'd say. Uh, yeah, well, he's he's having one that we know of. Yeah. But, again, I wouldn't bet against it. No. Or anyway. maybe... Yeah, maybe he's having more and then going back in furniture shopping. He See, wants that's to. A, that's a dangerous thing game to start playing, though, isn't it? Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to go high price furniture shopping three or four beers deep. Anything because, can happen. Exactly. Like it's not like it's not just going around the shops. It's not like you know the no, old no, thing no. where you think, oh, you know, I'll eat, I'll eat a load of paninis. Like no, 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 no. This <laughs> it's a different experience Absolutely going around it is. with yeah. No. Anyway, Ben, thank you very much for sending it in. Um, has anyone out there ever encountered a rugby playing player doing a more bougie activity than looking for restored antique furniture? Oh. Uh, if so, drop us a line uh, at the usual places. I mean, I mean, the mind boggles, you know. I I don't. Know I mean, there's been a lot. There's sure shit been a lot of fucking London-based rugby players drinking overpriced tiny cups of coffee in extremely wanky cafes. But I don't yeah. think that counts. But like, what exactly? That's that's just a thing that happens. Like, what yeah. what gets wankier? Like, is it <laughs> you know you you spot Mara Toje going into the BFI to watch a Vim Vendor season? You know, you, you I can watch like that. a I can absolutely yeah, exactly. believe it. There's got to, you know, like a really highbrow play with a swear yeah. word in the title. One of one of those. Chris where... Ashton at the Globe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Chris... that delights me, but I'd love to see Chris Ashton watching. See, Shakespeare. but <laughs> I see. Okay, there's got to be some England players who are the kind of people that watch Shakespeare plays and laugh at the jokes just to show off that they get them. Yeah, right, it's sort of half a, of that England it's, squad. It's a Graham Lasso reading the Guardian in the Chelsea dressing room vibe, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's just being over the top, you know, overtly saying, I am not one of you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get this. I know culture. I can't. <laughs> Whereas Ashton doesn't strike me as the guy that laughs. I can see him going. I can see him, like, he'll go on a date to look cultured. Yes, yeah. What a, <laughs> who else would go and watch? No, these are silly questions that we're asking the readers now. It's gone too far. Anyway, <laughs> let's do some, should we do some news? No, please, 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 write in. Actually, actually okay, um, sure. Well, before we do the news, uh, we've pointed two things. One, um, while I can be trusted to press record on this thing without Lee, um, I don't have the facility to actually upload it. So while we're recording this on Monday night, as usual, um, it's likely that you're not hearing this till Wednesday. So, I mean, if we're a bit out of date, well, thank fuck you're not coming to us for news, eh? Um, and also, <laughs> as it's Monday night, I'd like to point out that it's fucking boiling. It's like 30 oh, degrees right yeah. now. Uh, I'm in a vest. Robbie's having to be conflicted on that. The rest of you have got away scot-free um, because we can't have the windows open. We can't Scott have any fans going. <laughs> Scott Borman's a good vest wearer. Got to give it to him. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he is. That's surprisingly relevant. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I mean, it's absolutely baking. We can't I'd, have any windows though, or fans on. We might have to... Remember when the Barbarians um, played the Lions yeah. in Hong Kong and they had to have drinks breaks every 20 minutes? That yeah. might be us. We might have to yeah. hydrate. Just constantly stopping, taking water on board, <laughs> having a little nap, yeah. resuming. I've got one of those things in, like, on a, in a thick pack on my back and they're going to monitor my fatigue levels and then when it drops yeah. below a certain level, they're going to send a water guy on to hydrate me. <laughs> At 60 minutes, they can tell I'm knackered and they bring off me and bring on JB. <laughs> what you are actually coming to us for, though, uh, mm. is uh, the latest news on both military animals and terrifying rugby mascots. Absolutely. Um, and there has actually been some developments there. Because I joked last week about the cinematic universe of Ruckley, the RFU's terrified anthropomorphized bulldog. Have, it turns out there is an expanded Ruckley universe. Have, have we had extremely similar afternoons? I think we've have, have we have. both been looking this up this afternoon? That's what we have. So I found out that Sunrise Productions, yes. the company that originally designed Ruckley, also designed cartoon mascots for various other teams around the world, including Bocky the mm-hmm. adorable Springbok mascot of the SARU, and Sharky, the shark mascot of the Sharks. That must have been a yeah. long fucking day in the office coming up with that one. Uh, and indeed, and Scorch. Is just, Sharky is just the shark from their logo. Just, yeah, there's just, no work has been done. They've just made him more of a cartoon than he already was. And do you want the description of Sharky from their official website? I, I absolutely All the others do. have got like press releases, and then they've got some details and like, biographies yeah. and so on. Yeah. Sharky, who they knocked out in half an hour 20 minutes if that yeah introducing Sharky there's something in the water and in the stadium and in the stores and on the street and in your homes that's fucking sinister I know he's in your home and also they they cram the fact that he's a commercial product in there yeah like in stores in stores and on the street which I don't know how that fits in (laughs) <laughs> What's he doing? Just dawdling what? around. He's stealing he's... drugs. He's stealing drugs. <laughs> he's he's a standing on the street cycle. corners. <laughs> <laughs> that second season of The Wire really lost its way. <laughs> they introduced Sharky. <laughs> Sharky coming, yo. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, Sharky. <laughs> it's Sharky, and he's going to rock your world. He's a big God. guy with a big heart and brings with him all the power and passion of the sharks. How passionate are sharks? Because they're so uh, cold. They're cold-blooded, dead-eyed killers. There's not a lot of passion there. But there's the you know when they stop swimming forward, they die. So I suppose yeah, there's a drive true. to them, isn't there? No, that's true. There's that kind of yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, continuing in the, the the Sunrise Productions fucking roster, we've got <laughs> Scorch. The WIU's yes. short-lived dragon mascot, who, given their track record, I think we can all be glad they didn't just call Draggy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but there's a lovely picture on, though. If you want to go to Sunrise Productions' website, there's a lovely picture of all the mascots, uh, including Jay, the Juventus zebra, who are level with you, looks like a proper fucking badass. Um, Absolutely. And Zach, they've definitely put more time into the Juventus zebra than they have into Sharky. Yeah. I think that there's a very good reason for that. Um, and there's also Zach, 
the South African cricketing lion. It's a proper like Avengers Assemble yeah. thing. Oh, I want that movie. I did yeah. also. So, um, Sunrise Productions have made a film, and it is on Amazon Prime. And oh if I'd found this out yesterday, I would have watched it in time for this podcast. It's called Jungle Beat. And it looks terrible. Okay, brilliant. Um, well, but you know, I'm, none I'm of these characters are in it, unfortunately. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, I would love a cameo from Scorch, who <laughs> I think is probably the best one. Yeah, of all absolutely. the ones they've designed. And I'm talking about the actual cartoon of Scorch, not the sort of horrendous, <laughs> fucking, uncanny valley, weird actual physical mascot that the WRU had made, who genuinely <laughs> looks—he looks like he breathes through his mouth. Yeah, that's the only way I could describe him. I, he's well, he's got a hell of a nose, but it's supposed Honestly, to be a dragon beak. Yeah, but it just looks like a nose that's vaguely shaped like a sex toy. <laughs> I think that's I the did. part. And his eyes are too far apart, and it mm. just looks weird and sinister. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I don't like also... that he was near kids. <laughs> no, way too near kids. What? I did also look up the company that makes the mascot outfits. Oh my god, which I is looked at that too. Rainbow Productions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Who I'm... still list them despite the fact they've updated all of the images? They're still listed in Neef Swansea Ospreys. Lovely. Because yeah, they designed Ozzy. They designed Ozzy, didn't they? Yeah. They also designed Lockie, who's the Scottish Rugby Union's Loch Ness monster mascot. Uh, yeah. Maximus. Bath Rugby's weird gladiator lion, yeah. which definitely was commissioned around about 2003, I reckon. So, but they've got two mascots called Maximus. Yes, they have Worcester they've and made, well. Yeah, the Worcester and Bath mascots are both called Maximus. Something... And they're both sort of centurions. Yeah, it's unbelievably... I mean, it makes you have a bit of sympathy for Exeter Chiefs, really, doesn't it? Because, I mean, yeah. fucking hell. If that's the level that we're working at, that all they've got is Roman <laughs> shit... Then it's all almost understandable. I'm not they, saying I condone it, but fucking hell. If they it was just, that they came or yet back another it, Roman thing. They send it off and they're like, okay, this is our logo. This is what we're wanting to do. We're thinking like a Native American idea. And they go, okay, okay. So what I'm hearing is a Roman chief. It's like, no, 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 no guys. No, 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 no you no, don't no, get no. it. No. <laughs> so we got a Roman thing, yeah? No, 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 no. It's like, right, okay. So just a centurion then, not a Roman chief. So, no, you've you've taken the wrong part of this here. Is that right? So I know Ozzy the Osprey is like right. He's an osprey, but he was around yeah. in Roman times. <laughs> he's a Roman. He's an osprey, right? But he's got one of those funny Roman helmets on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. How many times? Uh, Rainbow Productions did actually create uh, the Big Chief, of course. Yeah. Which means that they're about to get some more work. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite one on the is the, the Wakefield Wild yes! one Daddy Likewise. Cool who is a sort of weird is he a, I mean he's a cat with sunglasses on I'm fucking absolutely here for him I'd die for Daddy Cool absolutely incredible he's he's my new, <laughs> the picture they've got of him has his mouth open kind of to one side it's, it's Fonzie like, as fuck Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> He's who Top Cat aspires to be. He absolutely is. I tell you what is weird, though. The Doncaster Rugby League Football Club mascots, mm-hmm. which appear to be a a cartoon black man and a cartoon white man. <laughs> yes. There's, there's, no other, there's no other way of describing it. Wearing rugby, wearing rugby shirts. I don't know how that's a mascot. <laughs> What's that? Because <laughs> they look like a CITV show from the 90s. Yeah. 
I don't but, I don't understand it. It freaks me out a bit. I don't really want to talk about it. But no, there it is. <laughs> the George, the rugby football league's mascot. Who oh, is yeah, who's just... Brexit as fuck. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, he looks like he turned up at a Britain First rally. <laughs> and also, for some reason, the photo they've got is in Cardiff. Yes, I know. Which is Cardiff Markets behind yeah. him. It sort of makes him feel like he's an occupying force. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, there's no way that's going down well in Cardiff. Come on. Absolutely not. Oh. Anyway, this was supposed to be the news. Um, oh, no, I'm having yeah. trouble. I, I could go through all of the mascot bios if you want. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There is one that confuses me, which we've got mm-hmm. the Rugby Football League, George. But then there's mm-hmm. also just a pink dragon just called Rugby Football League Dragon. <laughs> As if they've just gone... Yeah. I mean, we need a dragon, lads. So, <laughs> oh, of course, because he'll fight George, won't he? Oh, that's going to be the whole will. thing they're going to be oh, but the dragon so he's way too friendly he's basically the fucking what are, what are they called the Washington Generals the fucking yeah. the team that the bloody Harlem Globetrotters beat every time the heels that's his <laughs> yeah. lot in life yeah yeah, yeah. He, but he's oh. just sort of doing a thumbs up like he looks yeah. quite happy yeah he, he looks alright you know he looks oh, like yeah. a decent lad I like, yeah, I'd, he's lot in life. I'd rather go for a murdered. drink with the dragon than George yeah. Oh, me too. Oh, bless him. I'm on the His dragon side. I'm, I'm with the dragon. Is to just be Can... murdered over and over <laughs> again. I mean, it's it's just. It's... Can we get him and Scorch together? Oh, Can they we get him on. to join these Avengers. Yeah. I mean, Scorch yeah. is you know kind of badass. Take him under his wing because that dragon looks. You know, he's he's well meaning and he's a nice lad, but he's probably a bit soft you know <laughs> whereas Scorch who Scorch is get, a fucking dude man I know he is according to the bio the final dragon oh um, hello yeah do you, do you want do you want it do you want it hell yeah I do <laughs> through the corridors of time and there should be a comma there like the, you know the part yeah. you, you yourself as a copy editor you want, you know, yeah. yourself as a person with two writing degrees all of this there's no commas in the sense like it's driving me a bit mad but if you if you want the proper sort of Hollywood movie theme you know which I'm feeling Mm. you know through the corridors of time the final (laughs) dragon etc through the corridors of time (laughs) Welsh legend tells us that centuries ago the last dragons laid an egg as its final act on this earth. I mean, that's a bit in- I know. That's all one sentence with no punctuation in the middle as well. Inside yep. that egg slept the final dragon, which is in bold. He <laughs> <laughs> then oh, skips quite a lot and says, through the help of three kids and Merlin the Druid. Hello. The, <laughs> the egg was hatched and Scorchback was born. Fiery and cute, Scorchback travelled the world with a sense of destiny and greatness. As the years passed by, the passion and fire within him grew, and time drew nigh. There's bad. There's two Drews in the sentence there. Time drew nigh for his destiny to be unleashed. His destiny sure and Welsh rugby are intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a McCall documentary. <laughs> it is almost word for word. Yeah. <laughs> Only the dragon changes haircut more often. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm making a Lee joke in his absence. Um, <laughs> his destiny and Welsh rugby are intertwined in the same. The fire and passion unleashed on the world. <laughs> so I don't know. Is that implying like he's inside Phil Bennett when he does those sides? I guess steps? so. Didn't Scorch have a a, a short-lived comic book? The yeah, yeah. 
I they've mean, got the covers of them. That must have been fun to write. And by fun, I mean absolutely not fun at all. Oh, you can still buy them on iTunes. You can view in Apple Books. Hello. 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 <laughs> I think I know what we're doing for our next Patreon podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we really need to okay. do some fucking news now. Because I said okay. news about 15, 20 minutes ago. Um, Mark McCall says uh, that his star player is going to play Super Rugby next season is not out of the question. Um, mm. After Gats basically went... Are you really going to let those boys play in the championship and then go on a fucking Lions tour, mate? Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's not exactly the same thing as the Wales online headline claiming that Farrell and Toji are going to be playing for the Chiefs next season. Um, uh, yeah. But there is an element of, do you think Gallon is going, oh, happen, you know. Well, he's <laughs> not even there. He's in championship. The thing. He's done no. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't he, even, you know, the Super Rugby's not even going to exist next year. No. It certainly won't have South Africa involved. And I think given their associations with Saracens, it's more likely to be a South African team they'd go to. Oh, my God, they might be in the Pro 14. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. Oh, imagine <laughs> Farrell playing on Rodney Parade on a Friday night. Farrell, the Voodoo-Pollers, Itoje and Elliot Daly. Yes. Oh, I I love it. It'd be hilarious. Um, Just the absolutely. thought of Jamie Roberts playing in Rodney Parade on a Friday night is funny. <laughs> it's that so, is funny, yeah. Yeah. I remember True. when Toulouse played the Dragons on a Saturday night, but it was still raining. And they had Vance Clair, They had, you know, all of the the old gang together. Well, and it was far too good to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. It was really <laughs> funny to see Vance Clair in Rodney Parade. And that, and that is the gift that the Dragons have continued to give to the world, is that no matter how good they get, as long as they're at Rodney Parade, it will still seem weird that, you know, fucking Bowden Barrett's at Rodney Parade, or whatever its <laughs> ridiculous thing is going to be. Bowden Barrett yes. the Dragons, you heard it first. Oh, yes. I mean, he's, he's got to go somewhere, isn't he? And, you know, yeah. he's not being played at 10. He doesn't like being played at 15. He's going to go to Japan for a couple of years and then get really yeah. angry with whoever's in charge of... <laughs> of the, the All Blacks by then and uh, and get angry that Scott Robinson's not in charge and, the, and then he's going to go and, and play for the Dragons inevitably get dropped for Arwell Robson <laughs> <laughs> inevitably without a doubt uh, speaking of Scott Robinson actually uh, did I say Robinson then I keep saying Robinson for some reason anyway um, he will not be going to coach in France uh, mm. and is expected to stay with the Crusaders until 2023 which is a very telling time for his contract to be yeah. I think we'll all agree it's funny that isn't it I know he's he said this thing in past that he wants to win every competition as a coach that he played in as a player Um, and he played in France so hence why there's always rumours he's going to go and play in France he's going to go and coach or rather go and coach in France Um, and I I think that's a really cool ambition I like that there's something slightly bitter about it as well there's something slightly shithousey about I wasn't good enough to win this as a player so I'm going to come back and win it as a fucking coach I'll tell you (laughs) what though if you want to go and be a coach in the top 14 the mm. ideal time to do it from a financial point of view is to do it after you've been an all blacks coach that wins the world cup because yeah. I'm pretty much sure that you can just write whatever fucking number you want on a piece of paper <laughs> and Montpellier or Stad or Claremont or Toulouse will just go yeah yeah sure carry on and that he's probably got at least five years of reasonably close to blank check signings you know in that he's won Super Rugby basically three years in a row. You know, he's won an equivalent competition this year. Yeah. That is actually probably more impressive than just winning Super Rugby. Yeah. As well as having won it a few years in a row. You know, he's he's doing all right for himself. He's, he's 45. Wow. He's got okay. Ages. Yeah. 
he could he could be a top level coach genuinely for another twenty years if he wants to. Yeah, and that's terrifying and sad for the rest of us. <laughs> the way his Crusaders team have evolved as well says mm. to me actually he's going to stick in it you know he's not going to be one of these coaches that comes along he's brilliant for a couple of years and then the game doesn't adapt or he doesn't adapt with the game as it changes yeah he seems like a, a, a not just a student of the game but somebody that is absolutely not too wedded to anything to yeah. to change it and to mess uh, so yeah I, he's got plenty of time to be all that's coach he's got plenty of time to coach anywhere he wants um, yeah and, and in the meantime, it's going to happen yeah it absolutely is in the meantime I'm sorry whatever comes after Super Rugby where the New Zealand teams are involved because he'll probably just keep winning it yeah just just walking it however he likes indeed and then break uh, dancing afterwards yeah other news uh, BT Sport will not be piping uh, racist chants into Exeter Chiefs matches <laughs> when the Premiership <laughs> resumes this weekend uh, in a move that once again cast the Chiefs claiming they'd be making no further comment on the racism stuff seem like <laughs> extremely wishful thinking on their part um, Jamie Hindler uh, who's the COO of BT Sport said this week that um, the Tomahawk Shop wouldn't be part of the canned crowd noise that they're using on broadcast because in essence he's shit scared of what happens if they get a load of Ofcom complaints about it uh, or to use his exact words there's no need for us to do anything controversial which is a funny <laughs> thing to say because there's clearly a lot of ways you could have straight batted that question without admitting that they weren't using it because of the current situation around Exeter instead mm. he said he wanted to be respectful of the debate that's raging on uh, and amusing for those people who are on the wrong side of debate he then lumped it in with swearing as something that they can't control with a live game but something that they basically can't risk being viewed to endorse in a broadcast yeah um, he said uh, if there's any abusive language rude chants or ones that aren't correct in a live environment uh, it's a lot harder to control but this is a post-produced environment and we're making the sound for the game so therefore we can sensibly do something that doesn't offend people sensibly doing something that doesn't offend people now there's a fucking concept that we could do with yeah. more of <laughs> imagine that that's a novelty we'll never catch up never catch up that no, is I'll tell up. you what that is that is naive at best dangerous idea <laughs> but it's the sort of thing that you, you you just hate to see in rugby is that kind of yeah. dangerously naive thinking um, honestly though fake, fake crowd noise is kind of lame when it's overdone anyway so I'm, I'm not jumping for joy at this great victory for the campaign or anything but this is at best based, let's face it a broadcaster trying to insulate itself from an issue without really trying to take a stance um, it's like you were saying last week though that is how things change it is, it is. through broadcasters and through big companies and inverted commas kind of going actually it's too risky for us to change that or them going actually we're going to pull away from this yeah and that's that's where things begin so it's it is it's a step it's a thing you know it, it is interesting on the flip side of that though that BT are still using their uh, a Chiefs fan in a war bonnet as both yeah. an ad break ident and a thing to promote the restarting of the premiership season which is culturally just as demeaning as the chance by the way guys <laughs> but uh Every one of these things is just further proof of how wrong the Chiefs got it with that initial thing. And how, to be honest, yeah. they're fighting a losing battle because, yeah. as you say, the big brands that you work with can't and won't ignore this for much yeah. longer. Uh, on, so, on BT's policy on swearing, they said that we can't control. Mm. I've just done a piece of BT Sports, just gone out oh, yeah. record this podcast. And I can tell you now, they do not like you using the word bloody, which <laughs> I'd assume they couldn't swear otherwise. I call right. it semi bloody Redrada. And they had to cut the word bloody out. So, <laughs> semi closely. Redrada. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I got an email saying, this is great, we like it, but but be a bit careful with your language. 
Right, okay. Language. Yeah. Like, I had an English teacher who once did a he would go on like these massive tangents, so he'd love this podcast. Um <laughs> and he once went on a twenty minute rant about how bloody is the worst swear word because it actually means something, whereas all of the others are just noises, you know. Someone just went, oh, right. sounds good, so we're gonna make it a noise. Whereas bloody means by the blood of Christ and therefore it's the worst swear words. I mean that's absolutely news to me. I love it with you. Yeah. I just Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. The things you learn in Mr. Sweeney's English class. Yeah. Semi I'd love it if they'd have just plast like pasted another word on top of <laughs> bloody. Semi flipping rad rather. <laughs> so like, I mean films on planes. <laughs> like the commentary on Rugby Challenge Four. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's actually how it's read out. It Semi Radrada <laughs> makes the break. <laughs> My favourite uh, was um, the Rugby 04 when it was John Inverdale, who isn't a commentator, doing no, the commentary. No. And none of it matched up. So it was just, no new, scores a try. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had individual words and they kind of locked them together and you could hear the join at every single point. It was great. The rugby, the rugby twenty game um, commentary was so bad that I had to turn it to the French commentary because <laughs> I just preferred not knowing that they were getting everything wrong all the time. Yeah, the twenty eleven game, you get an option of either Stuart Barnes and Miles Harrison or Sean Fitzpatrick and one of the Australian commentators. With yes, it, Greg Clark, I think. I think it was Clark. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's amazing because they're reading the same script. But Greg Clark and Sean Fitzpatrick can't act and read it with absolutely no emotion in their voice. Whereas Barnes and Harrison actually read it quite well and it sounds like actual commentary. Yeah. And it stands as maybe because it isn't because it isn't ambitious, there's no joining things up. They had a no. line of commentary that said, It's a try. And that's and all I want. You know, that's absolutely all I really yeah. need, as far as I'm concerned. I don't need any of this other stuff. Just Exactly. Just, just give me the basics of who's got, got the ball and who's scored, and I'm absolutely delighted, frankly. Um, speaking of the Premiership, then, uh, the rugby paper, uh, an organ that absolutely does not trade in spreading rumours and gossip as a matter of course, um, is claiming that an unnamed top four chasing club is under investigation for salary cap shenanigans. Um, to which I say, that didn't take very long, did it? And I also say, are we really surprised that they got right back to it? Having had a second to think about it, actually, I am surprised it's taken this long. (laughs) They literally said that they were going to... Like, there was that thing in the miners' report where the guy was like, you know, anything you do, I'm going to get around it. So, it's not shocking, is it? I kind of figured at the time that there's more of this to come. Mm. There are... Saracens won't be the only team that have been over. Oh, I mean, God, no. It might not be 1.1 million over, but still, you know. Um, and people always ask questions about Bristol. I genuinely think they are under the salary cap because most of their squad are just, like, jobbers, you know? Yeah. They've got, they've got a handful of really huge stars, but then most of their squad are actually just are, you know, mid-table. It's not so, like the thing. They've, they've, they make, you know, it's been vague enough in this top four chasing... Mm description that literally everyone from London Irish up to Exeter could theoretically be claimed to be chasing the top four um, yeah. as you say everyone's assuming it's either Bristol or Sale um, yeah. but I think that's purely, purely based on the splashy splashing that both of cash that both teams have done I'm, I'm like who knows Steve Diamond looks like a criminal anyway 
Yeah, he's bit, got yeah. that energy about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a doesn't give a fuck energy about him. But like, I mean, he's got a he broke the salary cap for fun rather than yeah. because he wanted to sign that. He signed <laughs> money to, to just to prove a point to go over exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so who knows? I mean, it doesn't even mean that it's only one club as well. It could be multiple clubs, in which case, hold on to your fucking hats, everybody, because <laughs> this thing is about to get fucking mental. And with the whole this situation with Wasps fighting Coventry City fans on Twitter. Yeah, that's weird. The Wasps seems to be trending about twice a week, and it's all Coventry City fans getting really, really angry over nothing. Yeah. Um, I, well, not over nothing. I, you know, stayed even... Over, no- over nothing new is the sort yeah, exactly. of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same old story that, you know... Yeah. It's, it's not good, is it? Let's be no. honest. So it it's, could be Wasps. It could, you know... It could be this thing. It could, it could there's be a lot of teams. It could be that, literally anyone. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Well, we shall see. Um, right. you... It won't be Gloucester, but I wouldn't be surprised if you end up on it anyway. <laughs> it might have been Gloucester about six months ago, but <laughs> since then, they have done a lot of... Kind. Gloucester are under the cap, but they accidentally file their report wrong and list themselves <laughs> as being... In a Plym- Plymouth Albion style, and the RFU, yes. for some reason, has absolutely no empathy at all, which we haven't spoken about this on the podcast, by the way, but that is fucking absurd. Um... But anyway, let's not go down that road because that's a story that's about a month old now. Uh, have you got any news, Robbie? Uh, so Joe Schmidt might be about to be appointed the World Rugby Director of Rugby and Performance. Okay. Uh, which is a really vague title. I was going to say, um, what is that job? <laughs> what I, do you do? I don't know. Um, so it <laughs> seems like... And neither does he. World Rugby are hiring him to just kind of watch rugby and tell them what's going on I mean I could have done it isn't that what world rugby pay you to do exactly they're paying me (laughs) Joe Schmidt's coming out of my job (laughs) next week Joe Schmidt will be telling you about a roundup of accidental skill plays or whatever it is they got me doing Um, (laughs) so he's part of a specialist breakdown group which led to some of the rule changes that have been beneficial to Super Rugby Aotearoa. Notice, no mention beneficial rules in Super Rugby Australia because they're all shite and I hate yeah, it. Yeah, really um, terrible. And just, and the the eighty twenty thing just doesn't. I hate it. I doesn't hate work. It. It's rubbish. I said this on the the podcast where I was you um, weeks ago, <laughs> um, but I was filling the quota for miserable Osprey fans. Uh, <laughs> instead, we've gone over here overboard. Um, but yeah, it just it's. A lawmaker doing an attack coach's job, mm. and it overcomplicates the rules in a way we don't. There's no need. There's just like no need. No, um, it's the law I have been most resistant to since they proposed changing the scoring system, which didn't need to be done. I liked um, it. I liked the idea of it in theory, and then I saw it in practice and realised it was shite. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. my feeling on the whole thing. Um, so Schmidt is still based in Ireland. Wardrobe would have offices in Dublin, so he'd work there. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, why is he working in an office? We live in a COVID. Surely this is a job where you can you can definitely watch rugby from home. Yeah. I prove that every weekend. <laughs> I'm a case study. Whether or not that's possible. Yeah, so uh, yes, the management of match officials, interacting with coaches on law implications, and helping to drive high performance in emerging rugby nations. Which if you're sending Joe Schmidt in to Uruguay or Germany or somewhere to do a coaching session, he did some sessions in Germany during the rugby championship. Mm. championship. Um, that could be interesting, you know. It's, I mean, I, anything that kind of elevates the level of the sort of tier two 
nations has got to be a good thing and anything that improves the standard of refereeing in rugby has got to be a good thing so yeah yeah, yeah. and a very good coach he is so more power to him um, the only other bit of news that I've got this week uh, is this have you seen this Rugby Australia's revealed its idea for a new Southern Hemisphere club competition yeah. and I actually like it so do I yeah she's odd so, yeah so they're calling it a Super 8 and it's effectively for those who haven't seen a Heineken Cup for the Southern Hemisphere so it's the top two teams from Australia the top two teams from New Zealand the top two teams from South Africa plus the best teams from Japan and Argentina coming together in a knockout tournament now Hmm. yeah like that seems to preserve everything that was interesting about the Super Rugby playoff bit yeah without the baffling conference system or raft of meaningless one-sided games so yeah fuck it go for it I also really like they've got a state of union which is basically state of origin another good idea it's weird maybe fuck me fuck maybe Phil Kearns is a genius all along secretly he's been hiding it so Raylene, well yeah maybe but, Raylene was stopping all of this good ideas coming out I feel I'm shook I'm yeah. shook to my core A it would work B it would mean we get to watch the Jaguares more yeah um, which apparently the Argentine Union want to try and continue but it looks like they'll be playing in the the Super Rugby the, Super, the South American League rather um, yeah which, which means they're going to absolutely fucking batter everybody in oh, South America yeah like a hundred nil every week exactly like suddenly you know Montero and um, <laughs> Nalanga are not the best back three in that competition <laughs> yeah definitely not not by some distance yeah. yeah but I like it I say why not I like, like yeah I mean one of a bit of rugby news sorry oh no go on yeah go on. no no crack on um, I saw the headline and I thought I'll wait and read this on a hair. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Number eight, Blaine Vermeulen, victim of blackmail plot. Oh god, here we go. So, it looks like Dwayne Vermeulen was the target of a blackmail plot after criminals hacked into his email, PayPal, and social Uh-oh. media accounts this Uh-oh. week. Uh oh. So they've demanded he pay a ransom this weekend of eight hundred ZAR. Which I don't know how much that is in quids um, but I'm assuming it's a lot basically he posted something on Instagram or clicked on the link on Instagram and it's given his PayPal his email everything did, and you, say eight, did you say 800 South African Rand um, 8,000 8, okay because okay, that's still fuck all <laughs> how much is that's it that's 346 quid Oh come on, Dwayne! Mate, I'd Dwayne, you, I'd pay that to get my fucking PayPal back. Yeah, you you won a World Cup in the last year. <laughs> three hundred forty-six, three hundred forty-six pound. Even if you go by the tourist rate, that's not going to be much more than fucking three hundred and sixty quid, mate. You're all right. He, he was at Toulon last year. He yeah. got three hundred and sixty quid lying around. <laughs> come on, seriously. I get to get, tell the police all of this, but come on. Just fucking... He's, he's in the top league now. He's earning mega bants. Fucking hell. This is... Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne. Dwayne Vermeulen is incredibly tight. Unbelievably tight. He's, you know... To his own detriment tight. Yeah. When he goes for coffee in those London coffee shops, those fancy London coffee shops with <laughs> all the players in London, he's catching up with them. He's not paying, is he? No. He's going to get a tap water or somebody else is going to pay. He's the kind of guy, right, who... And I speak definitely not as one of those people... 
puts his round last, and then goes home early. <laughs> I've definitely yeah. never done that when I was in uni. No, that of course definitely not. didn't happen. Of course no. not. Um, no. <laughs> so that, that I mean, unless you've got anything else, I think that is the news, isn't it? That seems to be the news. Probably that is the news. To be the news. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. ACAST recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Yeah, um, so we should move on now. Occasionally uh, on, on the podcast, and I'll level with you a little bit more in recent weeks, we've uh, we've been asking you to send us in your questions and more long-form uh, musings, either to lee at bloodandmud.com via the Patreon inbox or indeed via the DMs. Um, and this week's... Uh, letter relates to something that we were discussing last week on the pod uh, and and actually tangentially to what we were discussing with the state of union thing with australia and their state of origin thing and that's the idea of a northern lions team which we we had some fun with last week um so we threw this about a bit last weekend and basically just said simon hammersley seven million times um (laughs) but uh listener miles yeah indeed and listener miles burley's got in touch with the following uh all right, gents, hearing you spitball the idea of a Northern Lions team, I thought I'd give it a shot. Sticking to the following rules that I think you mentioned. Uh, players born in the north of England, Scotland minus Edinburgh and the borders. Yeah, Northern Ireland um, plus Munster slash Cork and Wales minus Cardiff. That seems pretty sensible to me. Yeah. Um, having limited experience of Wales, apologies in advance if some of the towns listed you would class as Southern. Anyway, here's my attempt. So, okay. he's gone... Uh, Loosehead prop, Dave Kilcoyne from Limerick. Yeah. 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 Um, Ken Owens as hooker from Carmarthen. Absolutely. 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 Uh, Thomas Francis. The most northern energy of anyone. Absolutely. Honestly, you put him in a sort of wax jacket on the moors and he would absolutely be in his element. Um, Speaking of Yorkshire, uh, tight head, we've got Thomas Francis, who was born in York. Um, uh, In fact, he he plays for Wales and he's a Yorkshireman. It's the most northern thing. Yorkshireman first. He's, he's double northern. Yeah, the, he's, yeah, he's everything. He is captain. Everything about him is northern except his haircuts, except his haircut, which are yeah. unacceptably southern. Which, yeah, it's not even that. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, he's got the haircut of someone who runs a poetry night in Soho. <laughs> a bad one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants um, to a rap night, but. <laughs> oh god imagine Thomas Francis rapping <laughs> I am in an Alex Corbusiero kind of style but much worse because <laughs> Alex Corbusiero has some semblance of flow and I'm not yeah. sure Tom does bless him like Corbusiero's worked at it 
where it's yeah. Tom Francis. I, I don't think I've ever heard him speak, actually. I don't think so I've least... ever heard him speak. I really hope that he's got a massively broad Yorkshire brogue. Yeah. I'd, really, I'd love that. Imagine Yorkshire M&M. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if Lee was here right now, we'd be hearing yeah. Yorkshire M&M, but I love you. I, yeah. I, 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 I can't guarantee... There you go. There you go. See, yeah. I can't. I can't commit to northern accents in the way that he can, without <laughs> feeling like I'm being offensive. Dancer, soft. That's the best I've got. Southern shirt. That's not bad. It's better than mine. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, Alan Wynne Jones, uh, obviously, uh, yeah. and number four lock Ian Henderson from uh, Craig Allen in Northern Ireland. Cool. Uh, yeah. And number five, Mark Wilson, obviously Kendall oh, boy. Oh, no, he is captain. Kendall as the mint yeah. cake. Um, as as blindside flanker and captain, obviously. Yeah. Uh, number seven, we got Hamish Watson, who I did not know was born in Manchester, but apparently he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I remember hearing him speak as a pundit first time. I think it was it was actually the first time I was on this podcast. Oh yeah. Back before I was relevant. Back before anyone cared who I was. <laughs> back before I pulled on the mask. Um, when Lee had me on as a punt. Um, so, and I think I mentioned Careful. that I was <laughs> really alarmed by having just heard Hamish Watson speak for the first time that week because he, I didn't realise he went to boarding school yeah it's always the way with Scottish internationals yeah. you, they, there's always a bit of a and then that's what makes Finn Russell and we'll come on to Finn Russell yes. refreshing because he sounds extremely Scottish yeah, which is I, what we like I assumed Hamish Watson would just be kind of vaguely Scottish grunts and kind of yeah well that's kind of how he plays isn't it it's sort of yeah. like a ball of kind of grunting energy and I was expecting that kind of vibe all of our Scottish yeah. listeners are fucking hating this by the way um, but yeah, I'm sorry guys um so at number eight, we've got uh, Josh Navidi, which is a little bit of a stretch positionally, and also Bridgend is technically now Tory, but oh, we'll forget. Yeah. Okay. But uh, as is a recent occurrence, and I'm I'm kind of hopeful that it won't last long. Um, <laughs> that, that we'll we'll let I'll let it slide for the time being. Um, number is nine, Josh Navidi, the most northern. I I don't know. I'm sure there must be more northern back rowers. You think so, wouldn't you? Mark Wilson can play eight. I'm sure yeah, you can shuffle around. Who fit in the mould? Oh, Josh Beaumont, Blackpool. Josh Beaumont, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of quality, I'd want Navidi over Beaumont, if I'm honest. Sure, sure. But is that what we're picking on? I think we're trying to pick the best team, oh, okay. while also Easy being northern. So yeah, number right. uh, number nine, we've got Thomas Williams uh, from Triorchy. Yeah. Uh, number ten, of course, we've got Finn. Uh, yes, from the Bridge of Allen. Uh, 11 Jacob Stockdale from Lurgan uh, mm-hmm. number 12 Owen Farrell of Oral yeah. uh, 13 yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Harris from Carlisle that's the most northern centre partnership I could possibly imagine <laughs> glorious, glorious stuff isn't it yeah uh, Josh Adams of 14 well. like it's, it would actually work like it's nicely balanced down. isn't it that's a great midfield yeah, yeah. There's something um, in this. There is, and then a fifteen. Get the we've got weekend. Get the northern fifteen playing in the weekend. Honestly, I'm well up for a north. I'm well up for an English yeah. state of origin. Let's yes. do it. Um, War of the Roses kind of thing, but north versus south. <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah, and all of rugby league in. Yeah, every single one of them, but only the really like, and just go, yeah. lads. Don't worry about rocks. Just, just, <laughs> just play it by ear. We do anyway. <laughs> Mark Wilson does every ruck 
<laughs> just leave it to Mark. Mark goes and acts as the team's scrub. Yeah, he just sort of looks looks on with a sort of steely determination and just shrugs and then just gets sets about his task with his massive hands. Um, rounding out the 15 then, we've got Will Allison uh, from Penrith. And then subs, he's even done subs. We've got Elliot D, Newport, Rob Evans, Haverford West, uh, John Ryan from Bearings, Scott Cummings, Glasgow, uh, Jamie Ritchie, Dundee, Ben Spencer from Stockport, which I did not have Ben Spencer of Stockport, but sure. Uh, George Ford, Oldham, and Chris Farrell, Belfast. <laughs> and, they, and you'll notice there that that's a full 23 that has neither Josh Beaumont from Blackpool, Simon Amersley, Ross Harrison, who's from Bolton, Sam James from Manchester, Tom Cruise yeah. from Stockport, Gary Graham from Stirling, and Joel Hodgson from Newcastle. So Throw nice. that all into the touring party. It's, I mean, that, there's so much yeah, northern thanks. there. So thank the you very sentence. much, Miles, for sending that in. That's really interesting. The sentence "Tom Cruise from Stockport" delights me. <laughs> I know it's I, the other one, I, I, but I forgot. I think I forgot to say, as is tradition, Tom Cruise, not that one, yeah. which is the so, rules. They're obviously hooker Tom Cruise there's, yeah. a, there's a hooker in the Gloucester Academy called Ethan Hunt which is of oh course the name of Tom <laughs> Cruise's character yeah, yeah. yeah so one day they're going to play against each other and I can't explain how excited I am to see that <laughs> who's going to get the better of each other Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt yeah. I mean Ethan Hunt is obviously you know a fictional character but if he was real he'd be a damn sight more yeah. effective than Tom Cruise but then Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt. Exactly. It's, it's Can we get a guy who shares a name with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character from Mission Impossible 3, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was, do you remember there was, there was a... Um, was he a sail winger called Tom Brady? Yes. Uh, not uh, no, Lester. Lester, yeah. Yeah. Central and Wing. One of those guys. Um, but yeah, he was basically... Um, yeah, like, just... The, the people just were like oh well you're called Tom Brady let's, let's write a yeah. new story about this <laughs> which absolutely shouldn't have been a new story but welcome to <laughs> news journalism in the, in the 2010s I'm afraid and that there's no way his parents could have known which is the sad thing no it's the thing it's not like Lou Reed it's not no, like yeah. Lou Reed's parents who absolutely did know and just did it for a laugh the Harley Davidson in MLR who played yeah. the wing yeah his parents knew they knew what they were doing of course they knew yeah. so, so I'm called Robbie and my parents always Robert's on the birth my parents always intended to call me Robbie and my brother is called William so it's Robbie Williams um, and my I know but my parents apparently had the conversation where they realised and then thought no it'll be done by the time they're five and boy did that boy, not turn boy out to be the case boy, boy did they they get that one wrong <laughs> Yeah, that's still there. Every now and again, someone puts it together and just clocks it. And wait a second. Um, yeah, so we've had a couple of uh, other kind of tweets in on topics passing that I thought uh, we'd uh, talk about as well while we're doing correspondence. Including this revelation from Tom Finch, uh, belatedly adding to the rugby side jobs chat from episode 202. Can't remember that. I'll level with you. Um, I feel honour bound to let you know that Bill Beaumont runs a luxury textiles company. I refuse okay. to believe that he is not therefore an interior designer. Now that is a fucking trip. Yeah. What There's... sort of luxury textiles do you think Bill's into? I don't know. He's like, sort of 
does he make the textiles that Dave Ward shops for? Maybe. Like, I, if I were to sort of guess looking at Bill Beaumont, I'd assume that the textiles is into a tweed and some okay. sort of rich yeah. Italian leather. But what exactly. if he's secretly into like florals? Paisley. You know, what if rugby's least high energy man has a deep and abiding love of flamboyant textile patterns and his entire house is just incredibly intricate, beautiful textile? I love that. That'd be great. Picture it. Ward Rugby chairman, Bill Bowman. Mm -hmm. You go round to his house. You're Gus Pichot. Yeah. You're going in in your trainers and your suit. Of course you are. you, You walk in through the front door. The hallway decorate quite normally but there's a few floral patterns there mm. you know nicely vanished varnish rather yeah floor. then you head round into the main living room velvet velvet oh. as far as the eye can see velvet sofa velvet stools velvet walls even and then velvet you look carpets. and you re- and you realise Bill's wearing a velvet smoking jacket <laughs> yeah, and it's just <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's the shining and you're stuck yes, there. Yeah. He's got the carpet from the shiner. <laughs> Bill Beaumont strikes me as the kind of man that owns a snooker table. Oh, one million percent, yes. Yeah. That guy absolutely owns a snooker table. And, and it has its own room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the proper lights. And yeah. he's probably got it custom felted in one of the floral textiles that he really likes. Yes, and yes, yes. <sighs> lovely stuff. Yeah. What a lovely gone, thought. Like, a variety of like six cues and he's got a favourite <laughs> and he always demands to have that one and any time it gets yeah, yeah. that by accident he kind of he kind of just says something to make them put it down and you'll take it you know they won't notice and he never sto- he never fails to tell you anybody that visits that in 2007 Ronnie O'Sullivan came for a game around this table and yeah, he had yeah. 130 break and yeah. he was really annoyed with himself and he played left handed <laughs> that's the only interesting thing that's ever happened in that snooker room got a, and god know, he loves telling it well, God, he that does. And the time that and the time Brian Habana came round, but <laughs> those stories are not safe. They're not the same. They're not the same. They're not the same time either. <laughs> no, because that'll be too much in one go. Oh, Brian and Ronnie. Oh. I bet there's like a handful of really wild stories that he alludes to constantly. Gus <laughs> Picho is kind of short and having to lean over the table massively to hit shots, which I can't oh, yeah. to. Yeah, because yeah. you know Bill's a big man. He's a flipping yeah. you know. He was a back row forward, so the table's slightly raised above what normal people's height, and Gus yeah. is just desperately like he basically needs a stool and a rest to take a shot, <laughs> and he finds it all really emasculating. And that's the moment that he realizes that there will be no reform of world rugby. Yeah. And he's just been toying with Bo him the whole time. Made him bet making a good video game on a game of pool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so uh, Bill Beaumont, flamboyant textiles. Who knew? Yeah. Um, and then finally this came in as a shit good but I think it's worth okay. talking about here and it comes from Ruben Fisher who says good the two week discussion of military animals agreed yes um, yes shit that we've had no mention of Bamser the Norwegian naval dog who would fetch his crew from the pub well fucking hell let's talk about Bamser baby let's talk about you and me uh, <laughs> Bamser which is Norwegian for big boy or teddy bear <laughs> love that Love that already. (laughs) Was a St. Bernard that became the heroic mascot of the free Norwegian forces during the Second World War. He was owned by the master of a Norwegian whale catcher called Thorod. We'll gloss over the whale catchy part because, I mean, 
He's a good... It was pressed no, into service. The whale catcher called a four rod. I know. I know. It's this so perfect. Real. This is an adventure book from the 1830s. I mean, it's Wikipedia. It might all be made up, but you know, it was it's pressed like into service. Tom Brown school school days. Four <laughs> <laughs> rod, right? Or four? I mean, if you're Welsh, that would be Thorod, but I don't think it is mm. in Norwegian. Um, was pressed into service of the Norwegian Navy during the war, and would later was one of the very few Norwegian Navy vessels to make it to Britain after Norway's defeat by Germany, where the Thorod was. Turned into a minesweeper and was based out of Montrose in Scotland. Oh, it was just a game you play on your PC. When you're yeah, bored, that no one really gets. That's something you're unexpectedly good at. <laughs> yeah, basically that. Yeah. Um, so now Bamser yes. was by any measure a good boy, um, and something of a local celebrity because I can't say this enough. He was a fucking badass. Right, and I quote. In battle, he would stand on the front gun tower of the boat and the crew made him a special metal helmet. Love that. Would love to see the helmet. Um, His acts of heroism included saving a young lieutenant commander who'd been attacked by a man wielding a knife by pushing the assailant into the sea and then dragging that sailor back to shore when he'd uh, dragging another sailor back to shore who'd fallen overboard. He was also known for breaking up fights amongst his crewmates by putting his paws on their shoulders, calming them down and then leading them back to the ship. He was literally that one mate that goes, look, we've all had a lot to drink. We're all mates here. Let's just let's just get in the taxi and go home. But he's yeah. a dog. <sighs> that's not all. But that's it's not even all. Better. It's even better. <laughs> One of Bump's tax- tasks in Scotland was to round up his crew and escort them back to the ship in time for duty or curfew. To do this, he travelled on the local buses unaccompanied, and the crew bought him a oh. bus pass which was attached to his collar. I love the fact that's that incredible. there was some dickhead bus driver in Montrose. <laughs> That would contemplate charging a dog for a fucking bus ticket. Anyway, <laughs> conversations. <laughs> sorry, no. Sorry. I'm sorry, sorry, mate. We only take we only take exact change. So, yeah. uh... student ID, mate. Student ID. <laughs> Bouncer would wander down to the bus stop at Broughton Ferry Road and take the bus down to Dundee. He would get off at the bus stop near his crew's favourite watering hole, the Bodega Bar, and go in to fetch them. Sadly, sadly, and this is where it gets very sad. Uh, Bamsa didn't live to see the liberation of his beloved Norway dying in no. July 1944 of heart failure uh, but he was buried with full military honours and the funeral was intended by both uh, Norwegian and other allied soldiers along with many children from around Montrose um, and he remains an absolute legend uh, both in Norway and in Montrose he's got a statue on Montrose Harbour uh, that's bigger than life size and a matching one uh, in the harbour of Honigsvag in uh in Norway where he's still regarded as a beloved symbol of Norway's fight for freedom and the two basically the two bouncers basically are looking directly across the North Sea at each other which is <laughs> which is just beautiful uh, he's actually awarded the Norwegian Order of Dogs in 1984 in Norway which has is an a, order of dogs which is apparently a thing but it's Norwegian they Norway's highest order, order of, of dogs. dogs yeah wow Norway's what a the best hit, man what a genuine hero Absolutely, yeah. That thing about him looking at himself across the sea is the kind of thing that, in a different environment, could make me cry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that could think about it. Yeah, it's joining Montrose and Norway in this sort of beautiful. But it's the the sort of things were quite like. I I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of Mm. sea-based animals in the Second World War, and have you ever heard about Unsinkable Sam? 
Oh, you have not heard about Unsinkable Sam. Oh, Unless you mean uh, Orbiter. No. I mean, Unsinkable Sam uh, is uh, a ship's cat, right, who survived not once, okay. not twice, okay. but getting his ship sinking three times. Three different ships, right? Right. And not, not just any three ships, right? His first ship... The Titanic. No, the Bismarck. Okay. Quite a big deal. <laughs> Quite a big deal. Yeah. So he starts off in a German ship. He's a German cat. His name was actually Oscar. Um, and the Bismarck was sunk after one of the most famous naval battles in history yeah. uh, in 1941. Um, and Oscar was found floating on a basically a board and was picked out of the water by the British destroyer HMS Cossack, where he then became the ship's cat. Um, he served on board the Cossack for the next few months as they carried out escort duties in the Mediterranean uh, and then it was severely damaged by a torpedo fired by a German U-boat um, and once again he was found fucking in the water and they plucked him out and he got taken to shore in Gibraltar then having gained the nickname Unsinkable Sam having survived two shipwrecks he ended up on the aircraft carrier HMS Ark Royal which uh, had actually been instrumental in the destruction of the Bismarck, which is a weird kind of thing. Um, but then he had no more luck there when when the ship was returning to Malta. It also was torpedoed in 1941 by a German U-boat and sunk again. Uh, and once again, he was fine. He got <laughs> off it. Um, but at this point, people went, you know what? Maybe this guy isn't lucky. <laughs> Maybe this guy is <laughs> yeah. the opposite of that. The exact opposite. <laughs> um, so he was transferred to the offices of the governor of Gibraltar and then he was sent back to the United Kingdom where he saw out the remainder of the war living in a seaman's home in Belfast called the Home for Sailors. He died in 1955. Oh, uh, and there's a pastel portrait called Oscar the Bismarck's Cat uh, in possession of the National Maritime Museum in Greenwich. Some people that actually say that it is bollocks, but I choose to believe that Unsinkable no, Sam is a real thing. Look, all I'm going to say is Sunrise Productions have had a lot of ideas they've already produced one feature film and I've actually no there's a contact set hold on um, I am going to write an email to Sunrise Productions right, right, now, right, now. right now we're going to pause the podcast saying, we're going to write it right um, now what is he called Unsinkable Sam yeah uh, the movie uh, yeah I mean we can make it a double feature with a film about Bamson yes I mean, maybe there could be some sort of, sort of like, Avengers-y tie-up there, you know. Uh, should I include the blood in my podcast, or should I just write it in part myself? I mean, you're, you're welcome to guess. I mean, we'll, we'll back you on this, 100%. There's no doubt about it. Um, dear sir, madam, I'm writing on behalf of the blood in my podcast. They're going to hear our chat about... Um, about How shit they think them. they're... Yeah, forget yeah. about the podcast. Pretend it doesn't happen. Pretend it doesn't happen. Right, pretend, okay. Yeah. Pretend okay. you just... Yeah, dear you're just sir, a- madam... Uh, which I hate writing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm writing to you on behalf of a cat uh, <laughs> called Unsinkable Sam. And a full feature film at that. <laughs> None of this short film bollocks. A minimum $200 million budget. <laughs> yeah. Brackets are picks are available. Tom Cruise in the voice cast. <laughs> if needs be, it can be the other one. Yeah, we will overpay for all of the voice talent that it can possibly. Who would make a good unsinkable Sam? Because, oh, oh, see, 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 now, now. If you're looking for, say, somebody that's like. You're looking to capture someone that. 
yeah. has not just you know yeah. has not just been a German you know he start, he's a German guy you know he's a German cat yeah, yeah. it's Oscar with a K okay. but then oh okay who's who better to portray that but with the sort of western whimsy that we all enjoy mm-hmm. than Christoph Waltz absolutely absolutely so, Christoph Waltz is unsinkable Sam Quentin Tarantino's unsinkable Sam <laughs> this is his 10th and final movie <laughs> <laughs> you'll believe you've heard a cat say the n-word <laughs> that's the tagline this is the end. You'll believe a cat can say the N word. <laughs> Samuel Jackson plays Big Boy the Dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Bouncer. I like this. I'm all for uh, this. I think, I think, I think ultimately, I want to stop this podcast right now and get to work on the screenplay, but I think we should probably finish it. So, Unsinkable Sam the Movie, subject heading Dear Sir, Madam, I hope you're keeping well in certain times. Please make a movie, bracket, and a full feature film at that. None of this short film bollocks about unsinkable Sam the Cat. He is a legend and a hero and deserves lots of recognition. Many thanks. Brackets, uh, much Owen. more so than that weird Ruckley fuck. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. He's promoting... Uh, no, no, promoting I want to keep, keep the... Adderall addicted fucking bulldogs to the kids. I, I won't stand for well. it. On their website, the picture of Ruckley, he's spinning like six rugby balls on top yeah, of Yeah, physically other. impossible for starters. It's just not possible. Yeah, it's no. not doable. Like, physics, work, physics says no. Yeah. I'm sorry, no. it just doesn't work. Okay. Elliot, uh, Elliot D has proven that you can only spin one. Absolutely. He's put a lot of time and effort into that. <laughs> it's always a delight seeing Elliot D spinning it while he's waiting for everyone else to stop batting it. Genuinely, it makes me happier than it should do. Yeah. Because it, it just shows that he's not taking life too seriously. Exactly. And I think we can all learn from that. It's like so the yes. moment of levity in the last minute of that Australia Wales game. It was actually the line out. And <laughs> it was just like, it like, oh, someone's calm. Yes, someone is not nearly bricking it as much as I am right now. I had an elderly <laughs> Japanese man sat next to me in the, in the ground. Um, Very different experience. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He just he joins me most of the time. He watches most games with me. Hmm. Um, and he. So I was talk. I talked to him a bit at half time. He was saying you know, he goes a lot of rugby. And he was just amazed and overwhelmed by the fact there was twenty thousand people here to watch it, rather than like the twenty people that normally go to the top league game. Um, and was then you know talking about whatever. And I say I mentioned like I get very anxious watching Wales play. And then he had this thing because Wales had quite a big lead at half time, and after Australia scored the first try, he kind of went like well, thirteen points as like a you know it's okay, it's okay, you know he's hmm. still quite far ahead. And then it was kind of when Australia scored again, it was like six points. <laughs> And then when it kind of, you ain't fucking helping, mate. No, it then came down, and he then turned to me after Australia scored whatever the last thing was, and he then went one point. <laughs> I know, I mate, know. I can see the fucking scoreboard, pal. You're not helping. And then we, you know, Patrick drops that goal or whatever, and he kicked the penalty, and he goes four points, four points. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I need this guy to watch all rugby with me, just because it seems quite. Re- he seems much more chill about it all than I am. So yeah, but he was he was loving it, and he was loving how anxious I was, and was watching and laughing as I was sort of pulling my hair out on the side. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Thanks, mate. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah. He shook oh. my hand and was delighted at all time as well. Oh, he was great. Play he, was, he, was, he was a lad. Uh, right, send this email. Um, yeah, send it, mate. Yeah, sure. Send, Smash it off. Send, send it. Right, Lovely. If I get a reply, um, I'll let you know. Brilliant. And there endeth. The correspondence. And the correspondence <laughs> just began, but with Sunrise Productions. <laughs> this is just the beginning of our correspondence. Uh, 
So, should we briefly talk about things that we learned from the weekend then, given that we are, you know, 80 minutes into this podcast? Um, Things I learned from this weekend, um, the dragons appear to have been naughty boys, actually. Mm. (laughs) Look, we were both here last week when I think we both defended the dragons against a lot of the flack that they were getting for signing Jamie Roberts in a sort of let them have their moment for being the big spenders, for fuck's sake, was the general vibe. However... Um, since then the Blues and Toby Booth who seems genuinely terrifying these days um, have both directly claimed that there was an agreement between all four regions that no new sign-ins would be made due to the whole massive financial uncertainty thanks to Covid thing Um, now and also as in light of the huge pay cuts being enforced on players and staff throughout the sport in Wales it was sort of said, should we not be dickheads about this and not spend any more money on signing new players and just try to look after the staff and players that we've already got? Um, now, if that's true and the Dragons decided to see that as an opportunity to have a free run at signing five Welsh, Welsh internationals with the cash they'd saved from making other players and staff take pay cuts, I mean, that is quite shit-ass behaviour, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I will add, though, the part of the story everyone's ignoring mm. is that there was another signing made by one of the Welsh regions in the time in which uh, supposedly it was off limits was that Johnny Williams Stephen right? Bloody Myler <laughs> for some reason no one's upset about <laughs> Stephen Myler joining the Ospreys I think that's probably because the Ospreys didn't have a fly off that was fit <laughs> and they went yeah fair enough you can you can yeah, sign yeah, that guy he's, he's not really fit he's got arthritis signing but otherwise yeah <laughs> yeah so the Ospreys haven't got any a leg to stand on at all but the Blues is going to be understandably furious uh, yeah. I mean look I get it I know, I'm sorry for Dragons fans because I don't think it's very fair that you're get like people are trying to harsh your buzz when you've yeah. got the best team you've had in years um, but also it just shows once again the sort of horrible shit show that is Welsh Rugby Union politics and yeah. all of this you know WRU obviously wanted these players in Wales so they'd be eligible for Wales and when and so they decided to use the region that they owned to get them in regardless yeah. of what they'd agree and it's just it just doesn't make anyone look good to be honest no. it really doesn't again of Roland, Holmes and Tom Tompkins was in talk of all of them but Holmes and Roland looked like they were close to done deals pre yes and joined Six Nations or close after certainly once they had caps and yeah players. Tompkins um, was certainly leaning more towards the Scarlets or the Blues than the Dragons yeah. before all this happened Ross Moriarty was rumoured to be quite close to the Ospreys signing yeah. him at one point um, you know I think it's, it's it's just one of those things where some, it feels like something untoward and unfair has happened and yeah. it's not any fault of anybody in the Dragons fan base or even you can't really blame the Dragons coaches for going fuck yeah we'll take those yeah. five fucking good players but it's just it's just annoying and sort of unseemly that the WIU's kind of un- uneven situation where they own a region that is supposed yeah. to be cooperating with the other three regions but they're actively using it to, com- it to compete with the other it's just the whole thing it's just and- bad it's also a shame that this has to come up when the dragons are finally looking good. For the first Absolutely. time, Richard Fussell was there. Yeah. Um, because I want to turn this back. We've got off track with all the military animals and other rugby talk, <laughs> talking about Richard Fussell. Yeah. 
the, the, important the most underrated player of the last 20 years. Possibly <laughs> the best player of the last 20 years. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you just I'll let you commit to that. Those, yeah. Those last two seasons at the dra- where the Dragons were pretty good. You know, they weren't yeah. necessarily great, but they were relevant. When he Hustle was hot was piss there. for the Dragons that year. That he last two years, he really he was, was. Great. But alas, you know, not to be. These things happen, you know. Um, yeah, but the Dragons finally have a good team for the first time since, and it's been marred in this whole shit show. It's and a real fucking shame, it. isn't like, it? I, I get it, but yeah, it feels mostly like a shame that this has happened. And it, in a way that was said last week, you know, it feels there's this slight bitterness in it in the fact that it's the Dragons that have signed these teams mm. rather than anyone else. But I, I get it. I get the, the the complaints. I just wish this didn't have to come up every time anything happened in Welsh rugby. Me too, and I think that's that's the thing that can we just not do things that are above board and sensible yeah, yeah. can we not just constantly be infighting and trying to fucking take advantage of each other and exactly. it's just so boring above for board, everybody unlike Oscar the cat <laughs> well he was above board until he was overboard to be fair yes yeah he was always around <laughs> boards he was like That's someone in yeah. 2002 around the boards very nice yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what have you learned from this weekend Robbie um, the, the Crusaders are really, really good. Yeah, um, I haven't learned that, but I, the thing I kind of rammed it home, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean they divided up the celebrations in that, in that they're given the trophy this week, but Scott Robertson's going to do his breakdowns next week. Oh, that's nice. Which is quite nice because it's given yeah. us a chance to kind of to, to break it up a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah which yeah. is cool. You know, they've officially won the title now. In the way, really, we should have assumed they did from about week two. You know, the moment they turned up and they had their proper team out rather than yeah. Well, their, their first game was week two, wasn't it? And you went, oh yeah, yeah they're going to win this, obviously. Exactly. Like yeah. we kind of knew that before, and now we definitely know it. So who cares? Yeah. Uh, the trophy is slightly mad. It's a uh, plank of uh, wood with a sword on it. Big. I'm, one of my goods for this week is that trophy because a uh, correct proportions to a normal human being. Which not yes. has not always been a given with Super Rugby trophies, um, and also it's not boring. Yeah, you know it's interesting, oh, it's unique, yeah. it's culturally relevant. It'll look really cool on the Crusaders trophy cabinet next to all these boring Super Rugby trophies that they've had over the years. Yeah, into there is it. Something with how reminiscent it is of the logo they had to change. But mm. Otherwise, you know, I I'm into it. I like it, and that was the, the big takeaway from this weekend <laughs> is how good it looks in all photos and how you've it got does, a squid it really does. sword in half of the yeah time. yeah yeah um, what I learned from this weekend is that I'm, I'm really glad Warren Gatlin's 10 week nightmare is over um, yeah it's weird to think that Gatlin's probably going to view going off to coach the Lions which is arguably the toughest and most demanding job in all of rugby <laughs> union um, as a welcome fucking break after what's happened to the last 10 games but honestly I'm starting to think that if Super Rugby Astro had gone on much longer, he'd have gone and cleaned his own windows again, just in the hope of fucking falling <laughs> off. Um, we've basically we've basically discussed every week what's gone wrong <laughs> for Gatlin and the Chiefs, uh, from bad luck to terrible refereeing decisions to an injury crisis that has robbed him of everybody good, bar Brad Weber, um, and losing flipping Bosch here and Kane this weekend was yet another. Yeah. Just this, you can't catch a fucking break. But I think I honestly think a year away to sort of digest all of this will be an interesting exercise for him and his sort of long term future as a coach. Because like we were talking about Scott Robinson earlier, you know, he's 
a coach that demonstrates demonstrating that he's not wedded to anything and that he's able and willing to evolve in yeah. a variety of ways and like there's definitely questions like for all the shit luck he had there's definitely questions that need to be asked about how he's coached the last 10 weeks hmm. and how his the demands of Super Rugby are different to the demands of Wales it's too reductive and obvious to question his tactics like a lot of people are because that's the weird thing that everybody does when things aren't going well for Warren Gatland that they don't yeah. do with other coaches for some reason it's the system and the tactics every time Gatlin goes because they're not fun to watch you know yeah Gatlin uh, plays what you call in inverted commas winning rugby and yeah so he does well, and when it's not winning or a bat to hit him with yeah uh, I but I just think it's just people saying people writing off Warren Gatlin because of oh minutes. yeah and people are kind of now going oh actually was he ever that good a coach you just get lucky with Wales yeah people get lucky when they coach Wales that's what happens <laughs> yeah but like look at the absolute shit show not just that Welsh Rugby was when he took over you know the, the quarter final ex- or pre-quarter final exit and everything Paul Sage exit yeah but the shit show we had to deal with every single week oh and yeah constantly PVAC and so on won't deal as well with it and if they do it's because they watch Gatland yeah, so well, so consistently. Well, fucking great. Let's basically, no Graham Henry, the week before last, basically said that coaching Wales nearly killed him <laughs> because the tent, the constant spotlight and the constant pressure and the yeah. relentless expectation and questioning and demands, and you cannot walk out of the fucking house without somebody telling you. Like he literally said, it was, a, it was one of the best times of my life, but it was also it nearly killed me because of how intense it was. And Warren Gatlin did it for 11 years. Yeah. And won shitloads. He raised the standard people expected as well. Yeah. People thought Wales were going to be contenders for World Cups and they were going to be in the hunt for every Six Nations. Yeah, all of a sudden, Wales have a rough rough Six Nations under Wayne Pivak and, you know, aren't challenging for the title and people are going, "Um, well, is this guy any good or what? Whereas, you know... Finishing maybe fourth or third in the Six Nations for a rookie coach before Warren Gatland would have been considered a pretty good fucking return. Yeah, yeah. And that just shows the level that he, you know, the standards that he raised for us as a nation that people haven't quite appreciated, I don't think. And I don't think this Chiefs team are a bad side by any stretch. You know, we we talked about it. Look how closely closely they've lost so many games and how... You know, there's there's definitely an ask. You know, this Super Rugby. There's a question, uh, a sort of argument to be made that, in terms of the standard of rugby, mm. in terms of the pace, the intensity of the play, you know, it's probably been the most intense club rugby competition I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, for a, a coach coming in for you know his first taste of Super Rugby, for you know over yeah. fifteen twenty years basically. It's, it was, you know, it's a big ask to come into something that is basically a cup final every weekend. Yeah, I mean, Perinara said this is completely unsustainable as a tournament. We, yeah, one off. Like we, we can't <laughs> we, manage this. We don't want to do this again. Yeah, no, because it's it's been so intense and the standard has been consistently high. And the thing James Gemmell said about it being the best standard competition consistently I've ever seen. You know, like, I, yeah. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I know? agree. Into it. We've said you know, it before. Like it's very samey. And there's it a is. lack of niggle, but it has. But been we cannot good deny good. how the quality is. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the the issues that I have with it are more to do with narrative and meaningfulness of it, yes. and the 
but the, in terms of the quality of the rugby it's been fucking remarkable you know yeah. and and you also look at that that Chiefs team and even the players that haven't been injured you know you look at somebody like Aaron Cruden or Damian McKenzie or yeah. you know even Brad Webber like you think like is Aaron Cruden a, a Warren Gatlin fly off no is Damian McKenzie a Warren Gatlin fullback you know it kind of works in the Shane mould and every now and again Gatlin would make make accounts for some he'd kind of go well you know I'll let you I agree and that spectacular but I think he still deep down doesn't want him playing at fullback which is a position that he absolutely does not want that to happen from yeah Yeah, and so you know you know maybe he'd be better off moving into 10 but it'll be interesting to see what happens when he's away Mm. because if all of a sudden they become good yeah, oh boy. they could play Gatlin's tactics and win four games, and people would say this is a huge improvement. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, um, people would call for him to be gone, and people would be missing actually the foundations he put in place and the fact that I, I hold this Chiefs team is one win away from being brilliant as well. Probably is. Any, yeah, yeah, any yeah. Point. You know, that's very true. Need momentum as all. Yeah. All yeah. Seem to. But yeah, you know, it's we keep going in circles on the Chiefs. And they have kind of become the talking point in this tournament more than they any have. of the other teams you've played. Yeah. Or, oh, pretty good rugby. Better yeah. Than, yeah, than yeah. More winning is just uh, yeah. rugby. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Speaking of which, uh, Ardy Surveyor might not be able to sell a dummy, but he's got a real promising future in contemporary dance. Ooh, Honestly, yeah. the poise, the extension, the way he committed to that with his eyes, it was almost balletic in its execution. Yeah. And the, the, it's still going up. I think <laughs> the best look was the look on Brad Weber's face, which went from sort of confusion, as if he was expecting Surveyor to do something really impressive. Mm. As in, you know, it's like, oh, you've done, you must have something up your sleeve here, pal. And then this sort of weary realization that no, no, okay, I'm just going to tackle you now. Then <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, of all the things to happen over the weekend, and there were many, many good things. I think that was just, so, that was just my favourite part realise it was a Saturday and I slept and missed most of that game um, and, and then you woke up to a lot of this exactly I opened Twitter <laughs> and I sort of saw before the video loaded like a Whoa, look at this dumb what a dummy by Ardy Surveyor <laughs> and it was like what a dummy yeah that's not a, in a good way <laughs> certainly when you say it's a huge dummy it's yes it is it's still going it's still, still going. fucking going <laughs> oh Right. I can just uh, imagine like James Hook watching that at home and going, "I need to come out of retirement." Yeah. I need for an even bigger. If that's, if that's what the, if that's what a dummy is now, then clearly I need, need to start around my ankles and just do a full sort of, <laughs> you know, like an axe chopping mech all the way yeah. from top to bottom. Oh, glorious stuff! Right. Okay. I think that's the week um, because yeah, I mean yeah, the yeah, Crusaders yeah. won. Everybody knew they were win. Yeah. Um, should we do some shit good? Let's let's. let's. Uh, you got any? Should we start with this? Start with shit. Yeah, why not? What have you got? Okay. Shit, Robbie. Uh, so I had you know Gatland just being hounded. Uh, yeah. And also the, the the dragons thing being, I guess, hounded again. Um, I actually think we've sort of touched on all of my shit so far. Um, but we've That's, touched uh, on let's let's, not, let's, let's pray nobody takes that particular sentence out of context and makes it an audio clip. <laughs> we've touched on all of my shit. This is this has been going on whilst you've been listening. There's been a separate game over the webcam. 
it's been really fun really enjoyable yeah um, we're going to sell the rights to Sunshine Productions fucking um, right we are if they'll have a, if, if they've got any budget left over after the uh, Unsinkable Sam <laughs> biopic I can tell you exclusively they have not yet replied <laughs> that shit. Uh, shit for me uh, whoever at the Ospreys decided to let Regan Grace get out of their youth system and sign for St Helens yeah yeah. did did you see that I mean everybody's fucking seen that hat trick now yeah. two fucking Jason Robinson-esque length of the field efforts sandwiched in between an unbelievably acrobatic one-handed touchline finish I mean I don't want to speak ill of Keelan Giles because I enjoy Keelan Giles a great deal but I mean they're the same age and yeah. they were in the same Ospreys youth team A that must have been a very fun Ospreys youth team in the sort yeah. of you know 2009 to 2013 sort of era mm. uh, minis rugby those pair must have been a fucking nightmare but honestly he looks like the real deal the WIU should be doing everything in their power to get that guy you don't see pace like that very often no in our sport no. he looks very good and, and vision as well just, yeah, yeah yeah that's it as well isn't it it's it's vision and yeah it's almost scary um you have reminded me how much I've missed Keelan Giles though mm. because he was great and I Keelan Giles was and remains great yeah he's blocked me on Twitter which oh. honestly I don't blame him for because of the amount of shit I talk about the Ospreys um, like I Is that, I took I mean, a second and I thought actually no fair enough fair enough see this is like when I discovered that Lee Byrne had blocked me on Twitter I still don't know why I still don't know why Lee Byrne's blocked me what, what did I do when Lee was about 12 or 13 I tweeted something about Lee Byrne having a bad game and he replied and I was 12 <laughs> I mean what's really depressing for every, most of the people listening here Robbie is that you just went mm. I was 11 or 12 and I tweeted something and it's like I got my, <laughs> my first, well I got yeah. Twitter in 2009 and I was a full time employed in a job after my degree so I, that's how old I, I feel right yeah, now I would have been maybe 40 maybe 40 is that any better <laughs> Not really, mate. I'll level with you. <laughs> so yeah, Regan Grace, very, uh, very good. Letting him go, yeah. very shit. Uh, also shit, Brinnell's hands. Um, yeah. Mate, hold the ball in two fucking hands. I know it doesn't look as cool, but then you don't get it knocked out of your hands as you go over the line. This is the other thing. that So when when you open the, again, Twitter, and you see these kind of little highlights from Super Rugby After Hour, um, and the one that was doing the round was that Richard Moranga try, which is very mm. good. And then when watching uh, you know, the game back, you see that try. And I know, well, why isn't this the try that's being shared everywhere? <laughs> oh, and then you see that's why. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yep. Never mind. Let's move on here. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Um, other shits from going out and look, turning to Twitter. Uh, Border Badger 1 says, Shit, is World Rugby extending the three-year residency thing? Uh, by 12 months I don't understand the reason for this neither do I mm. I cannot understand why the pandemic has, yeah. has somehow meant that they've decided to defer the increase it doesn't make any sense whatsoever however good from a Scotland point of view is that it means Pierre Schumann uh, is going to be eligible to Scotland in 2021 rather than 2023 yes so uh, yeah so I guess they'll take it friend of the pod Cammy Black of the Scotland Rugby Podcast suggesting that it's possible that Schumann could get called up for the Lions win a first cap for the Lions before 
a cap for Scotland, yeah. and therefore still be eligible to play for the Springboks. They could call Ooh. him the following week. Oh. And he could play for both sides of the test. Oh. That would be, for starters, what a tactical advantage that would give the Springboks. He was literally in camp with you guys. <laughs> now we're just going to call him up. Oh, wow. As he would do that, there's not many oh. some coaches would think sportsmanship Razzi has a level of actually I enjoy being a shit out about it yeah and I respect and I the shit it. out of yeah. that I really is, do of course a close friend of mine um, <laughs> of course close personal friend which yeah. is very funny and rightly so yes very very funny <laughs> you know there's two varies in that <laughs> I'm very pedantic about what Razzi has <laughs> no 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 I would be too wouldn't we all um <laughs> Ian Alexander on Twitter uh, says shit is Welsh rugby Twitter tearing itself apart over the dragon signing yeah we all agree with that um, he yeah. also says good is Richie Mungus try uh, and shout out to Mark jo- shout out to Mark Jones coaching there which uh, yes yeah, very good uh, Reese not so shit is Sam Kane's luck yeah he's almost got a Welsh propensity to get injured when it looks like he's finally getting back to his best form agreed yeah, um, yeah. and uh Good. Dennis Suter says good is BT Sport removing the Tomahawk chop and Ross Mather says but shit is them using the war bonnet wearing Estefan in a promo yeah I mean a lot of people saying that it's shit that they've changed the uh, eligibility rules for no real reason uh, Anna yeah. Sells says shit the Lib Dem councillors in Cardiff being arseholes about the Blues using the leisure centre to train after giving up their training ground for a hospital I mean yeah I think okay. we can all agree it's a bit yeah. much that. Um, <laughs> Ian Bradshaw. Oh, that, yeah, do you have one? Uh, no, crack on. No, yeah. Ian Bradshaw said, and this should have been in shit, but I forgot about it. Uh, Jack Dempsey's wedgie attempt. Oh, my God, it was awful. He says, forgive me, flashback attempts the first year at senior school. <laughs> but frankly, it's just one of the worst fights in rugby history. It's terrible. I thought somebody was like, "Oh, there's a proper bit of fucking aggro in this this Waratahs Reds sure. game," and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And it's like, "Oh what? Somebody gave somebody a wedgie, and then there was some shoving." And Fuck they're off! They're like they're really theatrically going for it. Like it's not a bit of shithousery, like you know, gently tugging on it and making him uncomfortable. He's doing it for show. You know, it's like a mm. James Haskell bit of antics or Joe Marler <laughs> or someone. You know, like so like, oh, look at him, isn't he crazy? What a character! It's like, no, just start a fight, just punch him. Who cares? <laughs> Just punch him. Uh, finally, then, shit. Uh, actually, I've got two. No, I'm going to save these on for good, actually. Uh, okay. But yeah, Neil Weber says uh, shit is the innuendo about a club challenging for the top four and the salary cap breaches. Say who it is or don't report it until you can because it's hurting my good. I think he's a Bristol fan. Um, yeah, I think the reason that they aren't saying anything is because if they say it and it's not true, then they get sued. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, so there's your shit. Should we move on with good? I'm sure. Uh, good. Uh, I like the fact that Reese Patchell hasn't taken off his Stay Strong for O's wristband in six years. Really? Uh, I noticed on the S4CC rugby show this week uh, that he was wearing it even mm. to do some media stuff. And honestly, you don't keep wearing something like that. You know, fucking rubber wristbands are very, very 2008. Oh, absolutely. And you know you don't keep wearing something like that as a professional player six years on unless it's something that really meaningful really meaningful to you yeah. and um, Corey Allen still wears his two and still does the Owen Williams gesture when he scores and honestly yeah. I, I just I, th- I thought about that and I was watching it last night and it, just, it says something really great about rugby to me yeah. uh, which is you know he was Owen Williams was injured six years ago he's been out of the game now probably longer than any of these boys were his teammates uh, and yet they still want to sort of 
make sure that nobody forgets him and that the world's public never forgets him and that's that for me is is rugby yeah. and it was yeah. yeah just really nice to see so yeah I'm going to be that's... a bit fucking earnest for a change no absolutely and that that fits in with dogs looking at each other better it's exactly that. Each other across the ocean, exactly. With it's things that, that will make me cry in the right <laughs> atmosphere. Like, get that Sunrise yeah. Productions. Get that in the film. There needs to be a bit where one dog wears a wristband for six years. Absolutely. Um, good for them and shit for everybody else. Uh, the fact that the Crusaders and Leinster have spent their lockdown working together to make each other even more terrifying. Um, <laughs> Yeah. and the best part from a for fuck's sake Wales point of view is that the programme seems to have been initiated which if anybody doesn't know um, basically the Leinster did a load of analysis on the Crusaders the Crusaders did a load of analysis on Leinster uh, they game planned for each other and worked out how they'd exploit each other's weaknesses and then they basically compared notes so uh, oh interesting yeah so the best part of that like they did a proper sort of opponent's analysis as if they were playing at each other next weekend and they looked at each other's and looked at their patterns and looked at all of this stuff and went this is how we'd beat you and then they just shared it with each other that's just so, what we need isn't it the, yeah the exactly club teams in the world trying to make each other better yeah do you want to know what the, the best for fuck's sake Wales part of this is oh no go on uh, the programme seems to have been they basically did it over Zoom a lot right. over the lockdown apparently and the programme seems to have been initiated by the fact that Robin McBride and Mark Jones are mates right so two okay. Welsh coaches at the two best teams on the planet have exploited that Welsh connection to make the best team in the Pro 14 even better at beating Welsh teams and the best team in New Zealand better at beating everyone can they give um, those secrets to like RGC who can yeah. beat the Crusaders <laughs> just hand it to a region just, just yeah. Mark Jones just just send a, a quick DM to someone with just a couple of little words of advice um, but yeah I thought it was really interesting and innovative and I think there should be more north-south cooperation like that until obviously yeah. we have our fucking north-south fucking all super game weekends. Yeah, yeah and then obviously it'll all be much more too serious they for can, that they can play on that weekend the two of them together indeed that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what other what goods have you got Robbie I am not going to lie to you I don't have anything written down for good and I've been desperately <laughs> trying to think of there's anything there's nothing good there's nothing good oh, there's no, nothing good the one kind of thing that I realise is good and it's weird mostly yeah. is that I'm actually looking forward to watching the Ospreys play in two weeks time and I realised that over the weekend I was like no I am genuinely looking forward to it yeah, me too also for starters because I feel like I, I like the look of Toby Booth he seems yeah. like a a sort of a, a lunatic but the sort of lunatic I can get behind yeah um, and I don't know I just feel like it can't be as bad as it was before the lockdown no so and yeah I've genuinely missed them you know it's just me too nice to see everyone run out like, I haven't been able to root for a rugby team earnestly and with genuine yeah. conviction since fucking March Exactly. It's been way too long. I've missed it. I like. I want to know how Lloyd Ashley's doing. You know. Yeah. And all of the kind of like the mid-tier players who occasionally you see one tweet that they've, you know, they've painted their wall in their kitchen. Yeah. But oh, how's James King? That's what I want to know. Exactly. What's, what's on him? Yeah. Dan Baker. How are you doing? All of all of the boys. <laughs> is it Mark Thomas is time for Quins? Good on him. He would have qualified yeah. here. Yeah. You have a Garrett Thomas. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know how you are. How the lads like, are. Completely agree. Like, yeah. I, I'm just in general. I'm excited that rugby's in the northern hemisphere is less than seven yeah. days away, and Absolutely. you know, Pro 14 is less than a fortnight away. It's just, it feels like something good and yeah. happy. 
Um, that is my good info. Indeed. Uh, Will Gaines, uh, Marginal Gaines on Twitter, says, Good is obviously Ardy Surveyor's full on circle of life dummy, which is a glorious, <laughs> glorious way to describe it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's right, that's from the version of The Lion King made by Sunrise Productions. Yes, that actually is, isn't it? Yeah. Ardy Surveyor is a huge dummy, <laughs> but he's holding Simba. The, he's holding the Simba the whole yes. time. But Simba, in this case, is that weird cricket lion. Yes. That, uh... <laughs> and if people haven't gone to the website of Sunshine Productions and found this graphic of all the mascots, it's going to be very confusing for them. I've just realised sure. this. Sure. But, Probably yeah. shouldn't have based an entire podcast on it, really. <laughs> but we're under nine minutes in now, so fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, other goods. Graham Golvin uh, gets in, and this, I mean, he's fucking stitched me up proper here, but good is the amazing story of uh, Ulujare. Ogontebeu, I'm going to say. Um, uh, brackets, he says, I wouldn't attempt to pronounce that either. Well, I just did. Uh, who um, is a six foot eight, 120 kilogram Scottish qualified Nigerian lock who's been playing club rugby in South Africa and uh, he lived in one of the roughest areas of Edinburgh for 12 years um, before moving to South Africa with his parents um, and taking up rugby. And now he's got a trial for Edinburgh. Okay. Um, where wow, okay. you know it's he's uh, apparently very very raw, <laughs> and he admits that okay. he didn't take up rugby pretty. He took up rugby pretty late, and the first time he stole a line out, he was didn't realise he was allowed and gave the ball back, um, which is <laughs> lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, he's six foot eight in one hundred and twenty kgs, um, and a. And a a big fucking lad and so yeah it'd be interesting to see and Richie, you know apparently loads of clubs in England were after him but because he uh, lived in Scotland until he from the ages of 2 to 14 he was like no I want to go back to Edinburgh I want to go back to oh. Scotland and you know I've still got friends and I've still got sort of non-related aunties and uncles over there that I want to you know I, so yeah Richard Cockrell's got him in on trial um, I can only imagine the absolute glee that must greet Richard Cockrell when a six foot eight hundred and twenty kilogram fucking lock yeah. walks. It was rough as uh, old boots in terms of his skills, but it's just he probably just looks at that and just thinks, yes, yes, yes I can use this. The old just punching <laughs> line comes out. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I think we'll all be very excited to kind of yeah. see what what happens with all Can't that catch or tackle, but. But fuck, he he's a big lad. Is. So therefore, <laughs> Richard Cockrell will sign him, and he's got the clearance to uh, to steal a line out or two. Clearly, and yes. um, Tony Sylvester says, "Good is uh, BT showing all uh, the Premiership's restart matches live uh, and making them available free season ticket holders." Um, I love with you. I think it's ridiculous that BT don't show all the matches live anyway. But it is very exactly. good that yeah. it is the very good that they are making them free for season ticket holders. Yeah, the amount of times I've gone, oh, I quite fancy watching Northampton play whoever. Nope. And you go, oh, I, I can't. Right. Okay. Fine. There's not even another match that clashes with it. I just can't watch it. No, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Jules says, "Good the shape on Mark Jones's calves. Uh, genuinely fabulous shape. Got to give it to him." Okay. He's been uh, he's been he's been hitting the leg press big style. That's all I can say. Um, and then Neil Weber says, "Good is a Sinclair slash Radrada based anticipation." I think deep down, we've all kind of got a little bit of Sinclair Radrada based oh. Bristol. Oh, just 
him doing Imagine. those sexy hands from last year <laughs> but drop I'm... in I mean it's sexy you're throwing an actual semi in you know it's gonna I've made this joke <laughs> enough time you know. it's a good joke though you, like, a, yeah. good, a good joke bears repeating as many times as you can get away with Semi-Vagina, it in my opinion inappropriately named because he gives me a full on erection <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but you think about it like because I, I was doing the I, I was playing uh, rugby challenge and I, I was basically updating Bristol's squad okay and I mean it's the thing is it's not only Brad Rada and Carl Sinclair it's fucking Rato Nalago as well hello who is hello. fucking quick yeah. and Max Malins who's shit hot and you've Ben got, Earl you've already got Charles Piotel yeah You've got a back. Morahan you've got Stein? a back row. You've got yeah, Morahan Stain. So you've got a back. Yeah. The back three is Piatau, Morahan, either Alapatileua or um, Nalago, and then you've got Radrada presumably at thirteen, mm-hmm. and you know Piers O'Connor who's decent enough yeah. at twelve, and Callum Sheedy and and Harry Randall or Chris Cook as your halfbacks. That is fun as... Oh, sorry, I forgot about fucking Max Malins, who can play fullback or 13 as well. Yes. Off the bench. I mean, it's... They've got Siali's Beatow. If they still yeah. had Tuzi PC, they could have put out a full South Sea Islander <laughs> back line. <laughs> and I think we'll all be, all be sad that that won't happen. I know. And then I... you've got the back row, right? You've mm. got Nathan Hughes. Yes. You've got Stephen Luatua. Yes. Who's... And presumably at seven this year you'll have Ben Earl, which yes, please. Oof, yes, please. But also, you've got they've got Michidi back from Northampton, who's very good. Nice. Okay. Yeah. They've got Jake Heenan, who was very good for Connacht mm-hmm. a few years ago and had some injury problems, but still remains very good. And you've got Dan Thomas, who's probably the best Welsh course, not yeah. playing in Wales. Yeah, yeah. And that's oh. just, just there's so much. Chris and, Lee can play six. Chris Fugue can play six, or he can play lock, where he, yeah. you know, and he's Dave got Atwood. we've got Dave Atwood in there. Else. You've got Joe Joyce and Ed Holmes that are decent players, that are, players. and then up front you've got Harry Thacker, Carl Sinclair, and oh, I mean, Foe's still there. John Foe's still John Foe's still there. I yeah, I think he was retiring. Nah, he's he's thirty six and still going on. He's going to come on. He's going to come on after Sinclair's basically just destroyed somebody yeah. for sixty minutes, and then they're going to bring John Afoa on, and he's going to come on for the last twenty and John Afoa the fuck out of it. Yeah, he's going to be good for twenty. I like the thought. This is a this, <laughs> this is a Harry Packer. Uh, it's a yeah. hell of a team. It's so much fun. That's the thing. Toby Fricker, the Welsh winger. That's a great. That's a rugby challenge name. That's a randomly generated. <laughs> it is, name isn't it? Challenge. Uh, it's a great name, though. It's a great name. That's the. But you look at the thing. You know, this players like for all of the talk of Bristol being over the cap, mm. and they have got a lot of very good players. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they've also, you know, they've got players like Andy Urin and Sam Bedlow, and Henry Purdy, who you know came over from yeah. who was basically playing the championship. Yeah. You know, they got Joe Joyce, who nobody else wanted. Jan Thomas, who nobody else wanted. And Brian Byrne came over from Leinster because he wasn't wanted. As you say, Toby Fricker, who's a, a, a made-up guy. Um, <laughs> he's from Ebervale, actually. Is very much the Eddie Jones approach. Oh, okay. The Eddie Jones approach of just like, he's someone that rips the ball away. You know, there's not a flashy player. So Chris yeah, Bob, yeah, Andy yeah. Andy in. All entirely fine players. But wasn't there a stat that 
going by statistics, Andy Owen is the best scrum half in the world. <laughs> that opt to publish a list of like five positions, and Andy Owen was the most effective and efficient scrum half in the entire planet across all the major leagues. Amazing! Wow. Yeah. And you're for England. I think we should leave it there. And uh, let's let it go out, go forth from here to all the nations. And you're for England. Let's make it happen. <laughs> right. I think we've we've gone on for. We haven't quite hit the two hour mark, oh, which man. I think. How far off are we? Uh, we're like three minutes off, but you oh, know. Should we just nap in three minutes to hit it? Oh, you probably should actually. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's let's. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, seen any good I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what so let's talk about Toby Fricker right okay cool uh, Toby, Toby Fricker was playing for uh, was like two years ago was playing in the premiership the Welsh premiership mm-hmm. for Abervale and scored a fuckload of tries for um, oh do you remember when um, what's his face uh, Sam Davis's dad was oh, at, Nigel Davis uh, Nigel Davis was at Ebu yeah. he fucking was basically smashing it up in the Prem right. and then Pat Lamb who apparently keeps a really close eye on people who are not playing professional rugby at the top level in Wales if the Alibri yeah. thing is a you know people the Bath and Bristol guys are really watching who's not playing for the Welsh <laughs> regions and he went he went oh we'll have a go at this guy so yeah he signed him out of from Ebervale which I mean Bristol have also got a guy in their squad called Tiff Eden Yes, so I'm pretty sure it's like you know when you know when there's a perfume advert on the telly and it'll come yeah. up with like the signature of a model you never heard of. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Tiff Eden is one of those. Tiff Eden sounds like the poshest man I've ever met. Yes, and I bet he is. I mean, yeah, he looks it. To be fair, he he's, does. Oh no, really... what's that? What's the facial hair on that squad photo? He is. He's got a sort of bum fluff beard, which, as somebody who, between two thousand and five and probably two thousand and twelve, had a bum fluff beard, I there was a time and a place for it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but that time and place has 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 passed by by quite oh, some distance. Okay, Tip Eden, <laughs> I came here to play, not just this whole pad. Oh, fighting talk. He's not doing I like it. Up. Saying it's frustrating. That is the headline saying fighting talk from Tiff Eden. Oh. I think I persevered all the attributes I need, blah, 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 saying he wants to be first choice for Bristol. It reminds me of. Do you remember Rory Clegg? Yeah. Yeah, Rory <laughs> Clegg. Harlequin. Um, I remember him saying in 2010, when he was the England and 20s fly half, they said, you know, they said, like, so do you, is your aim to be like the England fly half by 2015? He said, no, I want to be the England fly half by 2011. Um, he went on in 2015 to sign for Glasgow as emergency cover during the World Cup. Um, and that was sort of the end of his career. But I'll always remember him for the sheer unabrashed confidence. You've got to, you've got to respect somebody that has that level of total unadulterated confidence. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, lol. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't wish to speak ill of Tiff Eden, but Calum no, no, Sheedy's no, sure, a very sure Calum Sheedy's a very good player. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the whole, we've gone over 120 minutes now. So uh, okay. you'll be, you'll <laughs> we be <made> delighted. It. <laughs> we Everest. made it. We did it. <laughs> this is your Everest, boys. Um, that was the absolutely <laughs> worst impression 
that I've ever done. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a perfect time for us to end it. Robbie, thank you very much for, for joining us again. Don't panic, everyone. Lee will be back next week uh, and some sense will have been restored, I would imagine. Cool. Bye, everybody. See you next week. See you. Bye. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.